This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces, stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Radio Free Istvan podcast. My name is Michael, and I have my co-host here, Derek. Go and say what's going on, Derek. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Go and say what's going on, Scott. Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane too soon? That was way too soon. And go and say what's going on, Ryan. What's happening? It's actually too soon because it's actually still happening. <laughs> it's, like it's, it's raging through Florida as we speak. So <laughs> could, could not be too sooner. <laughs> Stay safe, Raph. Stay safe. So what's going on, guys? We are a 30K Horse Heresy podcast, and we have a pretty good show for you guys this week. So we got some things that we need to go over. Uh, let me go ahead and give you a breakdown on what we're looking at. So we're going to go through our normal intro hobby progress. We're going to do a roundtable. Everybody's going to talk about what they've been working on, everything like that. Uh, then we have a public apology that we need to give for last week's episode. Then we got an update on the Ravier battery stories from the contest from last week. Uh, we got some updates on the patches. We're going to go over the Omega rules. We have some voicemails that came in from you guys. And then we have an Ultramarines list at 2,500 points and a Sons of Horus Orbital Assault list at 2,500 points. So, first things first, let's start with you, Ryan. How's life treating you, Ryan? How's everything going? <laughs> it's treating me good. I just got my internet back. Uh, <laughs> just had a game night as well last night. So, that was pretty fun. And I am now fully recovered from Nova. Caught back up on my sleep. I was going to ask you, uh, as far as like your Nova Nova adventure went, did you get any of that uh, con crud that you usually get? Nope, I did not. Oh, thank God. What happened to your internet? Uh, so last night, my wife made the game club dinner like she normally does. So we had chili, peanut butter sandwiches, and chocolate cake with fudge icing. And I think that was it. So... She Sounds serves us chili. Uh, everything's good to go. We're eating dinner. Then I'm sitting down. I'm trying to look something up on my phone, and my fucking internet quits working. Um, I was trying to re- answer somebody on Facebook. And I'm like, why in the fuck? Like, I was bitching about my Wi-Fi, how it always sucks, cuts in and out, and I was going nuts. So about, I didn't think anything about it. I turned my Wi-Fi off and just started using my data. And about, I don't know, 20 minutes later, my wife and mother-in-law come downstairs, and... <laughs> They got this weird look on their face, and I'm like, well, this looks like bad news. And they're like, um, we uh, cut through a cable in the yard while we were digging up a bush, and it's orange. And I'm like, oh, it was the internet, wasn't it? I'm like, that's why my phone quit working. I thought it was my Wi-Fi, but you have uh, dug up the internet. <laughs> so <laughs> You done struck internet. <laughs> so she was like, well, I was going to call Comcast. I'm like, nah, don't do that. Like, because it's on our side, it's not like it's their problem. The cable that runs from the phone to your house, if you fuck that up, they'll, you know, they'll charge you a bunch of money to come out and fix it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't need that drama in my life. Like, it's probably okay. I could probably just go get some fittings and fix it. 
So, what's up, Scott? Was she was she digging for all those comedy tickets she's lost over the years? <laughs> the, the the Daytona tickets and the yeah, buying. No, we we know we know where the Joe Rogan tickets were. They were just for the Minnesota show the night before. No. Um. So, but yeah, maybe she was digging for those Daytona tickets that I she left in her hotel room. <laughs> um. But um. <laughs> but no. Uh, so we went down to our, my buddy Chris. He has a he has like a fancy kit to splice cable in. They're like 80, 90 bucks for a nice one. So I drove down to Bloomington today. And when we were down there, we decided to go for a hike. So we went on like a three or four mile hike in Morgan Monroe State Forest and took our dog. It's pretty fun. And then we visited like the oldest graveyard in Indiana, that's Step Cemetery. The one that Tim from Eye of Horus always refers to as this haunted Squatch Cemetery. So uh, we went there, uh, checked that out. She'd never been before. Um, got done with the hike, went down and got that toolkit from him. And then we were coming back, and then there was an accident. So we were stuck in traffic for like two hours or an hour and a half or some shit like that. So we finally got home, and then I had just enough time to fix the cable uh, before we started the show. So I already showed you guys I got the cable right here, the piece of cable that they cut out with the shovel. Well, actually, it's two pieces. They really did a number on it. <laughs> so dang came in clutch splicing that coax yep. last minute like that yep so anyway it's fixed now and it's obviously working because we're here recording the podcast so yes look at you that's probably the most manly thing you do you went to go visit a grave site a grave ground and yep hiked in the woods punched a ghost <laughs> hiked in the woods punched a ghost yep <laughs> Did, did you see the ghost squatch? <laughs> the ghost squatch? I did not. I did not. Um, either of those things would have to exist for either of those things to happen. You don't believe in squatch either? I know you don't believe in ghosts. We just had this conversation, but you're not a squatch believer either? No. <laughs> well, okay. Squatch gonna come punch you right in the face. We'll see how we'll see how funny you think you are. I'll take Tim and Michael to go look. Like it's oh, it's always fun to go look for shit. I enjoy being in the woods, but you know, that's that's so dangerous. That's so because you don't believe, so you're not gonna take it seriously. And then when that squatch does show up, it's like it's like going into the forest. Like there ain't no tigers here. You'll be all right. And then you're not wait. You're not prepared for a I'll have, tiger. I'll pro- I'll have a gun. I'll have a gun with me. We'll no. be good to go. Yeah. Everybody knows Scott's you can't hurt you. If you don't sir, we it. don't fucking. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to believe in it or not believe in it to shoot it in the face of the 45. That's right. Gone <laughs> Joke. now. <laughs> Joke's on you. His muscle density would stop that 45 in his tracks. Oh, God damn it. We've been over this with fucking Thunderwolf. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's like legit offended right now. It would blossom out. <laughs> yeah. I got a whole fucking uh, magazine of uh, flying ashtrays for him. <laughs> Or you're gonna be the next four one one story. I'm gonna have to go eh. looking for you. Go avenge you from this squatch. Take all my any armored piercing rounds I could find. <laughs> and then and then I'm gonna have to be the one to explain why how you lost the two Australian <laughs> the two Australian podcasters who came to visit. <sighs> <laughs> Could you imagine so did like, baby, how did she, baby did 
Baby Lester's ghost get him, or did the Squatch get him? I have no fucking clue, but I cannot wait to see what kind of fucking, like, internet uproar causes there to be some sort of, you know, <laughs> Actual paper paper article written on, like, four nerds die in a gravesite. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> four internet celebrity nerds die on a <laughs> diet graveyard. Possible squat related. It'd be two internet celebrity nerds and this guy named Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) And local bearded man. (laughs) And local bearded man. (laughs) Oh. All right. Don't take it seriously. That's fine. So. (laughs) Oh, I also went. There was one of. I went to two local game stores today looking for. Adeptus Mechanicus terrain to try to work a little bit more on my uh, factory board, and nobody had any. Yeah, dude, that so, shit's clean, sold out. It's a hot commodity. Uh, it's all over the website. Really? Yeah. You just I just support nobody local. around here carries Games Workshop anymore, so it's hard what to find. You, text me what you're looking for, and I'll fucking snoop around down here. There's I just ordered it off the web store. Fuckload of stores down. The here. only place that had any was Carmel. It's an hour and fifteen minute drive, and they only had one box, and I needed like four or five boxes of it, so I just ordered it off the website. Seen some work in progress of your board, there, buddy. It's looking pretty good so far. Oh yeah, yes sir. <laughs> yeah, me and Jacob and Rick uh, from Rick and Jacob from our game club mm. uh, helped me work on it last night. So it's pretty fun. Dig it, man. Can't wait to see the first game played on that board. It's going to be sweet. Actually, I can't. What color are you going to paint the dirt? Are you going to paint, like, Martian dirt? Dirt. It's not. There's no dirt. It's on oh. the uh, the street tiles, the sector imperialis tiles, or whatever the fuck it is, the road tiles, like Scott used for his display board. Gotcha. For solar ox. Nice. So, I think that's all that's going on, like, normal stuff. And then I got my hobby progress when we get to that. Gotcha. Scott, how's your week going? It's fucking going, man. It's going. It's over now. Time to start a new one. But uh I was a little I was a little sicky poo last week, so I missed you guys. Yep. You. You know, I've been fucking flaky McFlakerson lately, so <laughs> gotta, gotta give my goddamn life in order and get some thirty K back into it. But things have oh. been good. Michael didn't add it to the list, but we got to talk about new uh, New Zealand snacks now that Scott's back. I forgot oh, about yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. yeah, let's knock that out I now. Have one, yeah, I have okay. one too many of those in particular in that is fucking okay. especially a big fan of. Okay, so let, maybe a little too let, big. let's go through it. Let's go through okay. it. So what's the first one you want to talk about? The, my favorite one, I don't remember the specific brand name, but it was the... It's like a Hershey's chocolate bar with kind of like peanut brittle inside of it, like like what? peanut caramel filling. Hey, I got I got it all right here. Hang on, let yeah. me find this shit. I'll know it if you say it out loud. Now that I fucking okay, so we looked it up. We paused there. Oh, here here's the picture right here. So what we got? We got Kumara chips, Tim Tams, which is what Scott was talking about. Pascal pineapple lumps which could definitely use a better name, uh, pro tip, pick a different <laughs> name, um, and some Canterbury uh, Biltong original 
beef jerky with coriander and pepper, and then the same stuff that was just barbecue. And their beef jerky was different. Like it, you know how like beef jerky here, it's like uh, it's almost like because meat has like a grain to it, like it runs yeah. a certain way. Like they cut it like if this is the bone and this is the meat around the bone, it was like it, the beef jerky was like cut this way where right. our beef jerky was cut the other way. So it was like almost like crumbly when like you with, dry with it. the grain, like against like what? Like, I don't. It's hard yeah. to explain, but you, if you've ever cooked like a London broil or something like that, instead of cutting it, you know, like straight across the, the grain and the meat. Cause that's what like tenderizes it. You're cutting it with it. So it kind of crumbles apart. Like, um, Oh, like a piece of celery or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and then we got these, he sent us some like high end chocolate. Look, it's called artisan collection chocolates. Uh, it's Whitaker's and we got yeah. Wellington roasted Supreme coffee. And I think the other one was just like a milk chocolate. If I remember right. Trying to see. Oh no, it was sea salt and caramel brittle. Oh yeah, was the other stuff. Great. Damn. So what? So what was your favorite? Or so so the Tim Tams you liked? Did you like the caramel ones or the normal ones? Because he sent us two flavors. The caramel ones specifically. Now the thing about these is I don't ever eat candy like ever, and it's not like a. I just don't like. I never did as a kid or anything like that, and. I'm one of those people that if I crack something open like popcorn or whatever and I'm watching a movie, I'll just keep eating it no matter how full I am because <laughs> it's there. And it's yeah. like a fucking weird natural instinct I have. I'm like a dog. When you cut open a giant bag of dog feed, you can't trust them just to stop eating when they're full because they won't. And yeah, I won't. We, had a whole bu- we had a whole bunch of hot dogs once and we had a dog at the coal yard, this beagle at the coal yard, and we were just like... This motherfucker is never full. We had all these leftover hot dogs from the cookout, so we just took one hot dog at a time and fed him hot dogs just to just to see if he would ever quit eating hot dogs. And I think he ate like twenty three hot dogs, and this is like a twenty five pound dog. <laughs> Not after that, he wasn't. That dog's dead now. <laughs> we fed him until he popped. Nah, he lived for. Let's see. That was. He's dead now, but that was six years ago. <laughs> we'd put one hot dog in and another hot dog would immediately pop out the back end <laughs> so I, I fucking smashed quite a few of these caramel Tim Tams and my teeth were hurting like really badly because <laughs> I, I just kept on eating them, eating them it made my stomach kind of sore but uh, it was really good man um, the ones I was a really big fan of were the same ones you were the fucking Mark Hunt pineapple chunks yeah, pineapple lumps. Yeah, so, I don't know who makes them in New Zealand, but if you're out there, we got a fucking marketing idea for you, and you could have them for free. Yeah. But your your country is famous for two things, essentially. Lord of the Rings, number one. Number two, the human fucking knockout machine, Maori warrior himself, Mark Hunt. <laughs> Fuck and, yeah, super Samoan for life. That is we're what fans. I Vince got her fans. Yeah, we're big fans. <laughs> <laughs> If we like to th- you, you go ahead. <laughs> so, as soon as I got these things, I put one in my mouth because it said pineapple lumps, and I was telling Scott, I go, these things are called pineapple lumps, and we were laughing at the name because we were like, you got to come up with a better name, first off. <laughs> it's just such like a weird name. Very but then we were like, 
<laughs> I told Scott, I'm like, Mark Hunt has to be made. Like his body, like if you went him, took him into a lab and they like checked his composition of what he's made out of, he's made of 50% pineapple lumps. Gotta be, 100%. <laughs> so, then, so then I started eating them and I was like, man, these things are good. And then I told Scott, I'm like, these are so good that he has to eat so many of these that he's at least 65%. Pineapple lumps. <laughs> it is. It is my scientific opinion that Mark Hunt is sixty-five percent pineapple lumps and thirty-five percent Maori knockout magic. <laughs> yeah, percent. Yeah, That's all that he is. He's his pineapple he lumps and fucking Islander magic. That's He's it. fucking pineapple <laughs> pineapple lumps and uppercuts. All yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. Dude, that was you, pretty good, man. I was a big fan. So, the, so I felt like the the chips, the Kamara chips, they kind of tasted like baked carrots. Yeah, like um, you ever had like those uh, chia seed chips or like super expensive healthy like chips you can buy like sweet potato chips. Do I look like I've ever eaten a healthy? <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> don't waste no. money. God no. Where do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> no, like I like cooked carrots. That's what they taste like is cooked carrots. It was almost yeah. like a carrot chip, and they even have an orange uh, look to them. I felt like the Tim Tams taste a lot like Twix. Is the closest thing that we have. Yeah. So they taste slightly different, but it's pretty close to a Twix. The pineapple lumps were almost like they're pineapple, but they were real chewy. They're almost like chewy marshmallow banana pineapple flavored with chocolate on them. They were really good. Hmm. They weren't very like tart. Like you know how citrus real sweet. like that can be like a little too sour. They weren't they weren't very sour. So my little I have a my little niece Reagan. She came over and I gave her one and she really liked. It, so I kept feeding her pineapple lumps when her parents weren't looking. <laughs> you um, could possibly be eating a dead boy. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh god. It all comes Gold full pineapple. circle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the jerky was good. It was different. It was definitely different. Um, I wouldn't put it over our jerky here, Mm-mm. but it, I, I wasn't mad at it. It was maybe that's good. just because we're used to it or something. I guess. Yeah, and I don't like coffee at all, so I gave the coffee chocolate bar to my wife, and she fucking loved it. She loves yeah. coffee stuff. So, yeah. cool. So, yeah. Yeah, I would have ditched the coffee thing too, but that's just—it's just—it's an acquired taste, you know. My, my wife loves it. Like I can't eat it. It's like being kissed by your grandmother. <laughs> that's <laughs> the perfect way to describe what a coffee flavor is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely getting open mouth kissed by your grandma. <laughs> yep. Fucking Grandpa Jerry Sandusky plants what are you? Yeah. And then it just makes me think of like. Uh, there's originals, plastic covered sofas, and getting ten dollars for your birthday. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. Menial yard work is yours. <laughs> fuck yes. But uh, yeah, I, I really like the snacks, so thanks, Blair. That's fucking awesome. I really liked them a lot. Yeah, man. Absolutely. That was really cool. Fuck yes. I love it. Dig it. Uh, all right, so moving on. Derek, what have you been up to, buddy? Uh, not much this week. Uh, mostly just being trying to get everything kind of back in order from the evacuation everything. 
Uh, been hit work pretty hard since we came back, so I finally got a chance to like go through uh, all my hobby progress room or my uh, my hobby area, and just kind of go through you know go just kind of take inventory really, and you know see what I've got, what I still need. Uh, I can start placing some orders now before you know while I still can, and uh, but yeah, I've been trying to commission. Uh, I've been looking at uh, was it like Celtic script like Celtic knots. Because I've been going through Inferno and a lot of the Space Wolves, like, artwork they've got feature a lot of uh, kind of these. They, they're called, like, worm marks or something is what the Space Wolves call them. It's just Celtic knots. Okay. So I'm going to see if I can't get hooked up with some kind of stencil or something because I think they look pretty badass. You going to get somebody to cut you a stencil laser-wise or what? Uh, that might be what I do, yeah. I'm just trying to find some good uh, reference images and maybe figure out something as far as that goes. Did you Google Celtic knots? Yes. Yes, I did Google Celtic knots. I mean, I'm, I know I'm not as good at Google as you are, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I pulled up. Celtic knots. Oh, we're, we're, we're doing this? We're doing this live? You're just going to, like, <laughs> stomp my Google skills? Vector. I don't oh. know. Oh, there's some. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that's... There's a bunch of them. Yeah, that's, like, yeah. the best way. Like, if you're going to laser at... Like, <clears throat> if you're going to have anybody cut anything out of laser, vectors are the way to go. Yeah, I'll, uh, there you go, Derek. Way to fuck it up, <laughs> right on on air and everything. <laughs> but if we were asking about pee holes, Derek would know. Well, just, <laughs> hey, man, I'm actively learning. All right, <laughs> I think I found some pretty good shit, though. Yeah, I mean, any of this stuff would look cool if you were to cut this out on a stencil. Well, the cool thing is, a lot of the Celtic knots, like the simpler ones, like if you go up a little bit, like that one right there. Mm-hmm. Like that would be a perfect stencil. You don't have to like modify that at all. If you just cut out the dark parts on that, it just it's a stencil. Like everything's connected already. So I think that idea could work pretty good. But then you like you're talking about turning this into a stencil, and I mean what like maybe like an inch and a half tall, like a little baby stencil, and you're looking at airbrushing this on a tanks and shit. Yeah, basically. Okay, I dig it. Yeah, that would work. I, I mean, mean, ideally, I'm looking for like a, a master one with like different sizes throughout it, and then just like a large one so I can just lay different parts of that over different parts of models and get kind of the most mileage out of it out of one stencil. Makes sense. Yeah. So uh, once I get that going, I'll uh, post up some post up some progress and pics. See if we can't document it. Help out some of those Space Wolf players because I think. Like I said, I think they look fucking badass. But that's just me. Yeah. Is there is there hey, Ryan, do you know if there's currently a Space Wolves transfer sheet? There is. It doesn't have any of the like knots. Yes, like some of the the uh like tactical markings done in Celtical knot or Celtic knots. So I was thinking about picking that up and getting some of the like tactical squad shoulder pads and seeing if the transfer would fit <clears> on that. Hmm. Did you look at any of the 40k ones? Uh, I didn't see any of the... They really don't use that in 40k. In 40k, they use more like just triangular marks, like teeth marks and yeah. claw marks and stuff like that. Hmm. It's a cool project. If anybody's out there already doing this, let us know. Hit us up. Because I'd be interested in seeing if there's already somebody out there painting Celtic knots and shit. Like and I, One uh, thing you could do is... Uh, Go on Cyborg's website, S-C-I-B-O-R-E, or O-R, 
no E at the end, but uh, I know they make accessories like Land Raider doors and inserts and shit like that that has Celtic knot work on it. And I think it's even called that. It's like Celtic Space Knight or something is the line. Yep. And they uh, that'd be probably a good way to go if that's a specific aesthetic you're looking for. I forgot. There's about another those. company. <clears throat> There's another company that makes some Space Wolf Rhino shit. It's called that. It's that place I got my uh, candles from. It's tabletop, all one word, tabletop, then hyphen, so a dash, um, art, A R T dot E U. So tabletop dash art dot E U. And if you go to like their vehicle stuff, there's some Thousand Suns doors, some Space Wolf doors. And all some other like random chaos stuff. Okay, yeah, I'll have to check that stuff out. Love it, love it so far, guys. <laughs> so I saw something pretty cool this week that I wanted to kind of discuss. Uh, so do you ever go to like? Are y'all uh on Mad Robot Miniatures? Do you like them on Facebook? And like, see all this new stuff he's creating and things like that. Mm, I, I've no. been on the website. I haven't. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm not like a active follower or anything. Okay, so on his Facebook page, he posts all of his updates, and he's pretty cool about uh, getting recommendations on what like people would like to see. And so he takes all these recommendations, and he'll like like he's created a couple tanks, like a couple custom tanks and stuff like that, some custom heads. Uh, like there's always a request out there for alternate like trench coat bodies and stuff like that for because you know everybody wants Steel Legion or Death Co- Death Corpse of Craig when they're whatever you know or like he he's made like Valhallans like you can like build Valhallans and stuff like that but uh, he should be careful people might have an IP on winter coats so <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> there might be some IP infringement on a on a fluffy hat. Uh, yeah. So, regardless, uh, this week, and I was looking at it, and it was so hard not to just like order it immediately and not build something. He released these things called the Grognard Pattern Laser Rifle. <laughs> okay. L A Y S. Laughing at the name. <laughs> so it's Grognard Pattern Laser Rifle. L A Z. It's a powerful rifle. name. Okay. Yeah. So, with this laser rifle, do you remember the Rogue Trader era last guns? Yep. Like the long fucking barrel and the just... The little weird like ribbed triangular grip on the bottom. Yeah. So, he he remade that exact... Pretty much as close as you can get to that as possible. I just sent it to y'all over the messenger so y'all can check it out. And so, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself like, man, that is badass dude that is like the coolest little like like throwback to rogue trader fucking last guns that you could get and yep. i was like man if you could cut that off and throw it on those hassle-free grim miniatures you could definitely have you the closest thing to like a modern day squat right yeah i guess <laughs> i know only one way to find out, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking shine on you, crazy star. Go nuts. It's like you look at all these like different like companies and you bring them together, and you're just like, it's like you made this and you made this, 
y'all have basically remade squats and like and they can <laughs> they can come back. There's no way in hell I'd build an army off of this because god dang, like that's like the most expensive way to go about army because you're looking at like militia. You'd need like 200 of these models and just the pricing hurts my head already. It'd be the most baller shit ever. Yeah, they but until you like work well, out. You need a you need a war trike. They had, used to have like do or like uh three wheelers. Like not a not a bike with a sidecar, a legit three wheeler. Back in Rogue Trader, squats did that in like the Doom Train. <laughs> yeah, I think Mad Robot actually has a trike, but e- either way, what a coincidence! Yeah, I was about to say like <laughs> I I think he actually has a trike. Yeah, he does. No, no, it doesn't. It's like a it's like a mono wheel, ACOG tread bike. Okay, they, they took it down. Somebody trademarked the trike. <laughs> Somebody trademarked tricycles. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, I thought like I, I I needed I needed to bring that up because hopefully somebody out there is listening and is like, oh, these are perfect for my squats because they would be, and I know somebody out there is working on squats. So shout out to you, Mad Robot Miniatures. You're doing great. You, I, <laughs> I love doing you. God's work. Doing God's work need to be happening. So anyway, anybody want to shout out any hobby progress? I got a bunch. Let's hear it. I finished four desert tiles. So the GW Realm of Battle tiles. I, I got four of those painted up like desert looking shit. Um, I painted a few more scrap buildings. I made 60 objective markers, which took fucking forever. Uh, so 60 custom objective markers. And I started work on my... That big uh, industrial board and got probably a quarter. It's probably a quarter of the way built, like I talked about a little earlier. So I've built four, four of the Armageddon board game, the terrain that comes in there. Uh, four of those, two of the seventy-five dollar uh, add-on kits, and three boxes of pipeline, and one set of the hemothermic reactors or whatever the fuck they are is what I got so far. Like, assembled and put on the table. What kind of uh, objective markers did you make? Like, what are they? For for Dark Age. But, I mean, you could use them for 40k too. Or 30k. They're uh, one inch, so they're 50... They're basically 50 millimeter markers. Um, and I'm running nine different missions at Dark Age, and each mission uses six markers. Some of them use five, but most of them use six. And I made custom markers for every mission. So um, I got some that are like little destroyed robots with like crystals growing out of them. Um, some of them that are just like discarded weaponry or like where people have died and like dropped their gun or whatever. So like piles of weapons. And then I got some that are supposed to be like dangerous terrain. So they're like explosives um, and like volatile looking chemicals and things like that spilling out of them. Then a lot of them are just like containers, like that look like they, you know, fell off the back of a wagon or whatever. Um, oh, I, I did some that were. There's one that's just like supposed to be like watch fires, just like a, you know, fire, like a big bonfire. I made like six bonfires on 50 mil bases and some other shit. So, what are they called? Watch fires. Yeah, you know, like you would set a fire at nighttime for like a lookout. 
you know, so you had like a fire where you could see at night to make sure nobody's picking, just sneaking up on you. Oh, that's badass. That's some in-depth shit right there. Yeah. So, made all those markers and started on that factory table. You should totally take some pictures of those. I'd love to see that. Those objective what? markers. Markers? Yeah. Here, I'll, sit, I'll send it. I took you some. I'll take you some right now. I already took them. I just need to send them to you. What about you, Scott? Anything? Anything you want to share? I know you said oh, you were kind of getting getting a little restless what, on the you... hobby progress side. I have been, man. I haven't. Uh, I've been so busy. I started school about three weeks ago, and that's been taking up a lot of time. Muay Thai takes up a lot of time and energy, you know. So I'm kind of. I, I got some dark age models you can paint. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to find something small to get into here soon. So I there can, you go. I got a whole desk. Fucking... I'm looking I'm looking at a <laughs> fucking horde of them. You can take some home with you. Yeah, my, my other buddy was trying to pawn me into fucking painting his Vulcan for him. and I did get a game in. Got a game in with my buddy Nick. Um, A while back, we shared some pictures on the Facebook group of his Night Lords. Some of the freehand lightning he did. And uh, his army is almost complete. And I took some pictures of that. It's been about two or three weeks since I played him, so I didn't put them up there without a, without any context or anything. But it was a real fun game. His army looks great. And uh, what I play against him, I played him in. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever used any of these missions, but the Shadow War missions out of Book Six, some of them are kind of wonky. But uh, one we played worked out pretty well. It was Denial, which is. You basically just pick a single terrain feature, and whoever holds that at the end of the game with a you know a, a scoring unit wins. If no one does, it's a draw, and uh, we ended up playing that mission. It was a pretty good time, but that's about it for me, man. Nothing, nothing crazy. I want to sit down and look through all those different missions that are available, like in the different books, like mission one, like like every every book. I want to sit down and look through the missions. And see what kind of like campaign like narrative you could build off of just those missions and like just like write like a full story and just have it to where people know what missions are going to be played already just because they're in the books and you know they're written. All those over. missions were a lot of fun, like they're really good, but I it's I would recommend that don't do it in like a you know, like a format where people, I don't know anyone who does this, but if you do do this out there, don't use uh, those Shadow War missions in like a Swiss pairing format or whatever because they aren't designed to be like super fair. You more, you really want to sit down with like people on a campaign weekend or campaign day and you guys kind of go through and come to. I recommend mission. rolling the mission and then writing your list for the mission. Right, exactly, yeah. So that's kind of what me and him did, and it was a it was a lot of fun, man. I really enjoyed it, and there's a lot of other good ones in in book six too. I'm a book six homer, so I love that. I love yeah, because the worst is like getting the one. There's one where you pick a spot on the board and you have to escape off that point of the board. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could like the if you get the two wrong armies facing against each other, and you got somebody that's got. At like a gun line style army or something like that, and you got some just trying to like drive at them exactly the point where they're going to be. You can just get so fucking hammered, it's not even funny. Yep, that's not going to be fun <laughs> for anybody. So, but uh, that was a good time, man. That's about it for me. I don't have anything else really to report. Rock and roll. 
So that's it for all the introductions and hobby progress. Uh, I guess the next section we're going to talk about here is a little bit of public apology from last week. So, oh yeah, let me pull up. If you guys, if you guys remember, last week we looked over a Death Guard list, and me and Ryan we we, we went back and forth about. Dozer blades and the importance of dozer blades and how all you had to do is pants plant some bushes and it would knock out you know, Spartans and Land Raiders and things like that. So. Yeah, which it will. So, like, don't forget about that section because the little talk that we had, like, for new players that, you know, are trying to learn and need advice, like, I'm glad we did it in a way because it's really good. But what I'm not glad about is we were kind of saying, like, we we kind of said it in a way where the guy who wrote the list in John, like almost like he didn't know what he was doing, like he was a noob or whatever. But we didn't really mean it that way. It just may have come off that way. But it's kind of funny because we were the ones that fucked up because he took um, the reaping. So the reaping allows everything in your army to ignore dangerous terrain check, and it's everything. It's not just um, Legion of Stardes. It's your whole army. So that's what it. That's why you need a dozer blade is to re-roll that. But because he just ignores it because he's running the reaping, you're just saving points by not putting dozer blades on your vehicles. So he okay. was in the right. I was in the wrong. So um, we actually, I actually talked to him because he messaged me and he was like, "Well, what about this?" Like he thought he had missed something, and I was like, "No, you didn't miss anything. I'm just a fucking idiot and forgot about that." Um, so. We talk, We kind of went back and forth about the list. He actually really does like the list. And what did we say? I forget what we decided on. I think he was the asking 15... some questions about like including the Omega and stuff like that when it came out, or an Arcus. Like he was asking like different fluff things. Yep. And then, um, so anyway, it ended up he ended up with like fifteen extra points to spare, uh, just because we messed up the Dozer Blade thing on the show. So, anyway, I uh, just wanted to put that out there so that people... The only right of wars that I'm aware of that you, you can get away with no dozer blades off the top of my head is, for one, that one, 100%. And then there, there's a Dark Angel one. I think it's the Iron Wing, where you ignore your first failed one. So, um, it, it's not ignoring it entirely, but... You're only going to fail on a one, and then the first time you roll a one, you just ignore it and move on, and then you have to roll another one later in the game. So, I mean, it's one of those that if it's something really important like a Spartan, um, you might go ahead and throw a dozer blade on it, but something like a Rhino or whatever, you can 100% get away with just being able to have one reroll per vehicle a game and not really need dozer blades. So glad that's cleared up. And easy enough. Yep. Easy enough mistake. So, reaping rod of war. Move through cover. Yep. So, so now that's out of the way. Next thing we're going to go over is some of these rapier battery stories. Holy shit, guys. So, <laughs> they started rolling in. And um, so, I put up the rules on the Facebook page. If you haven't seen the Facebook page, it has the rules... Uh, I also put up all the prizes. I also put up where to send this rapier battery story to. And I guess because it was such a like uh, off-the-cuff kind of uh, contest that we just kind of threw out there, I wasn't expecting a lot out of it because I'm giving people a month to turn it in. And 
like, I think we have seven so far. Seven have come in, and these aren't like paragraph stories where it's like, you know, a little quick side story that people throw out. Like, I've gotten one that's like four pages of just like pure fluff, like behind these rape your battery stories. So it's, it, it's getting out there, guys. Like, it is getting pretty good. And I, I'm so glad to see that, like, this, I mean, this is definitely a contest. But gladly have again. Like, if, if all it takes to motivate y'all guys for some sick-ass fluff is to give away some shit, done. Like, easy enough. Like, I will gladly <laughs> throw out stuff any day of the week. So, uh, definitely, if you're looking for the rules or you want to know how to get in there, all we asked for was a story of a rapier battery. Uh, and when I say rapier battery, I mean, like, laser rapier destroyer, heavy bolter, the graviton, the quad rapier, like any of those batteries, like any artillery piece manning, it could be space Marine. It could be militia. It doesn't matter. Anything like that. If you've got a story, uh, that, that you're writing up fluff wise, anything like that, you know, we, we are offering up a radio for Stavon, or I'm sorry, a Legion of your choice cup, radio for Stavon shirt, radio for Stavon dice and radio for Stavon apron. So we're offering all that stuff up for the fucking, winner of this uh, fluff challenge and you guys are really already coming through with some badass shit i we're all gonna have to sit down and I'm, I'm i'm guessing once it's all said and done once we have all the stories we'll compile them put them on like a pdf and then just like post it to the facebook page so you can read all the other stories but uh definitely definitely looking forward to reading some more of them because some of them are pretty sick and twisted already uh when you say something, Ryan? No. Yeah. So. I know I'm excited. Dude, I'm, are you entering? Were you going to enter a story? I mean, I was just going to write one just for the fun of it. I mean, I don't think I'd enter it because I think it'd be pretty shitty if I won. I think uh, I think one of the coolest ones that I've seen so far was it's a militia-based uh, militia rape your battery team. And they are fighting against for the war master Horus fighting for the emperor and there's traitor legions attacking the, the traitorous um, ultramarines uh, blood angels are attacking them and like you can tell they're totally fucking like the the story is just like turned around on you because they're fucking brainwashed and you're like what reverse heresy like it's reverse heresy going on like they don't understand that like They've been brainwashed, and so they're prote- it's like so fucking crazy. Like you guys, oh, just keep them coming, badass. So, I'm thinking we're gonna have to. Does someone go into the detail of them disassembling the rapier battery and then carrying it up to the third or fourth floor of a uh, room <laughs> that was, that was gonna and be reassembling mine. it? Yes, hey, hey, that's happened. Turn my fuck for me. That's exactly what they have to do. <laughs> yeah. So, so we one of about just, that, that if, uh, works in Iron Hands game. I was like, man. You know who has the shittiest job with all the legions? Like the poor son of a bitch that has to carry the quad border up and down the flights of stairs in the ruined buildings. <laughs> no, the, the whole team. Did you ever have to dis- disassemble a Mark 19 or anything and like oh, fuck fuck carry yeah. it around? Yes. And a uh, 50 cal one time on like a like an air assault mission, they made us fucking disassemble that bitch. And it's not even the gun that weighs so much for shit like that. The barrel. It's the fucking ammo that oh, is the ammo, just yeah. super killer, man. And when you, it's fucking hyperspace ammo. It's like I imagine it's even worse, man. Yeah, Jesus Christ, dude, for real. Like, imagine like 
being the guy who's got to carry enough bolter rounds for quad heavy bolters. Like, well, get no, fucked. I feel bad for him, but I don't feel too bad for him because <laughs> when you're a steroided out, eight foot tall fucking space killer, you know, yep. in hey. super suit. Hey, chill you out, dude. There's such a bitch. Like <laughs> <laughs> militia and solar ox also have quad mortar teams and fucking rape yeah. teams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fuck. yeah. If you're just a guy walking around with a fishbowl on your head, you're not. Uh, <laughs> you're the not most the jacked guy in the army. Just hands the gun. <laughs> he just carries the ammo for it. That's that's how it is, man. <laughs> like doing be like running the multi laser, like that multi laser rapier battery. Not so bad. That doesn't seem like it'd be terrible because like a lot of that shit. I don't shit's know if like... you ever picked up a battery. A fucking battery's heavy. Those things have batteries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. just Ugh. buckets of D batteries, dude. Yeah, well, like yeah. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather carry a few like giant battery packs on my back than carrying like enough ammo to put in a quad heavy bolter here's to keep a, it going. Here's a really good moral question for you. Look at that model, and one guy is standing there, literally <laughs> lugging a case full of shit, and the other one is just sitting on the back leisurely, <laughs> driving it around like a little Polaris fucking gator. Yeah. How do you decide who gets to be the lucky son of a bitch? One guy's a lieutenant. Sit? Yeah. <laughs> you do great, man. Oh, Keep yeah. going. Like. <laughs> No right now, like you're driving around on your little buggy, yeah. like, dick. Did you? I just realized, like you're absolutely right. He is lugging yeah. around a battery pack, like that is the I mean, ammo. The like guy, that... the guy with the pack of it literally looks like he couldn't be any more relaxed. He needs a fucking beer. You need to put a beer in that guy's hand, and the other one's just like, God damn, <laughs> fucking Yeti cup. Yeah, this job is very mentally stressful. Okay, I have a lot going on in front of me on this computer screen. Not sure. This is is the flimsiest fucking. This is the flimsiest fucking joystick I've ever used in my life. (laughs) I'm real scared that that guy drives. You know that guy drives like one of those fuckers that runs those like that uh, borrows the scooters from fucking Walmart, where they're just like. Running over the back of everybody's <laughs> fucking ankles, giving them flat tires and shit. The, the joystick for that thing looks like it came off a fucking 1978 Street Fighter arcade game. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Whatever that fucking shit was. That man's playing Galaga. Goddamn. <laughs> oh, no, it didn't look that bad. It doesn't look too terrible. I'm looking at the, uh, right now, I'm looking at the, the last rapier team. It. That battery is pretty small. It's like the size of a size 15 shoe. It doesn't look too terrible. (laughs) How many of those does each shot burn through? I don't know. Probably like four, one for each gun. I don't have an answer for you. Who knows? Who knows? But yes, somebody did already send a story in where they snuck in each part individually in because it's an alpha legion. The the Alpha Legion Absolutely. sneaks it all in like piece by piece, and like in the night they like bring they, like uh, the new piece of the the rapier destroyer. Like when you put the principal's car in the school, yes, piece by piece, <laughs> piece by piece. That's exactly how it works. I'm actually I'm looking at rapier teams right now, looking at all the models and stuff like that, just because I wanted to see like you mentioned this second guy who's got to be there. Like it's just fucked, man. 
He just his life is just pure shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> carrying that giant fucking box of shit around. I'm looking at the guy with the uh, with the quad mortar, the uh, the Space Marine quad mortar, and all he like the second guy has like little aspects. Like, what is that guy needed for? <laughs> like, what is he <laughs> keeping an eye out for that the guy that's riding on the rapier can't? can't handle he's watching uh hulu on his smart device (laughs) he's got slingbox for some shit he's like hbo go he's trying to keep up on uh game of thrones fucking 32 ad or whatever the fuck he's got a cracked amazon fire swiping left and swiping right on tinder on there yeah they got space marine grinder uh (laughs) like (laughs) it's real taboo so it's like fucking uh perjur uh iron or imperial fist looking for iron warrior action it's like the hidden part of the dark web (laughs) (laughs) no gay stuff oh dude the quad mortar guy Yeah, okay, the quad mortar guy looks like he's got some shit to carry. He looks like he's carrying a fucking car battery. Yeah, and he's, he's pretty fucked. Not good, dude. He is, his <laughs> his fucking back looks all fucked up. Sucks bad, man. And he's got to carry a <laughs> rifle for both of them. <laughs> like he's got so, so he's got guns. The Space Marine crew don't have guns. They don't need guns. They got their bare hands. But, but yeah, I noticed the quad mortar has to... It takes four of those like battery size ammo oh yeah things he has yeah. and if i were to size up what kind of ammo would fit in there then it looks like each one of those canisters fits one two three four five six seven eight so they got eight good volleys before they got to start swapping out oh yeah man if you're that dude you're double fist in those giant fucking cases like <laughs> a goddamn syrian refugee coming <laughs> off a plane into america Carrying yeah. luggage and shit. It is terrible. Can we get that guy a handcart or something? Like, <laughs> Anti grabs a thing, but they don't they don't give a fuck. You don't even get bionic mm, legs and shit. Just a fucking little wheel cart, your little dolly. Don't get shit. Like fucking anything. Every time I see like the the militia heavy artillery batteries, I always think that they need gets hot because I always rewatch that fucking gif of that guy standing behind that fucking howitzer, the ones you pull the cord on to fucking drop the firing pin, and it comes back and hits him right in the chest, and he just flies off the screen. I know you've seen that gif, Scott. Yeah, yeah. oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always wonder about that shit. Like, I always, <laughs> whenever I'm seeing those, like, those Marines just blasting those fucking, uh, those massive as, uh, what are they called? Howitzer like sevens. <laughs> like, yeah, just, oh. Yeah. <laughs> just waiting to get fucking destroyed. So yeah, so those are coming in. Those are rock, y'all are rocking and rolling. Uh, do y'all have any requests for the people out there listening right now that haven't written their story yet? Write it. Like, uh, what are you waiting for? Any special? No, I mean, I mine was just going to be getting it up on the third floor of uh, <laughs> a ruin. But if that's already covered, it's already covered. That's covered already. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Is there like, I want to like if y'all can include in there, so like write in what it's like handling the uh, phosphex. That'd be really, <laughs> or the acid, the acid shells. <laughs> it's like, fuck. It's got a safety sheet longer than your fucking purity seals. <laughs> like who signs <laughs> off on that shit? 
need you to sign a waiver, sir. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Put your cup on. Put your lead cup on. <laughs> Get your work boots and your respirator. Of course he's dead. Didn't have his fucking eye pro on, man. <laughs> He'd had his fucking earplugs in. This wouldn't happen. Check your guy's Facebook messenger. Okay. Checking it right now. Yep. Oh, okay, watch it. Oh, That's fuck. Oh, that him in the dick? Like, everyone that had a weekend pass has lost it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, time for another safety (laughs) meeting. Uh, Shit like that makes you want to get Chris Duncan on here so bad and talk about the stories, (laughs) like when he was doing the grenade training and the chick threw the fucking grenade in the pit with him. Oh, fuck. The live grenade or um, he's got a story about taking a guy skydiving for the first time and the guy, they jump and the guy gets blown into a prison yard and he landed in a prison yard. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) That's a great Uh, story. Hey guys, how's it going? Oh yeah, he's got some good ones. Yeah. (laughs) Get so we need to get him on here, 100%. I need to hear that story. I just think about, you know, <laughs> that, you know, with, with all of our industrial accident stories, uh, I get sent on my personal Facebook messenger a number of industrial accidents on Facebook, like these videos <laughs> or like live leak. People would be like, hey, check this out. <laughs> and the other day I was watching a video that somebody that listens to the podcast sent me. They're like, hey doesn't this remind you of Sir Coxman's stories? And it was a, an anchor that was like the line, like it was an anchor on a ship and the, the chain was like super tensed up and they were cutting the strands of this like anchor chain or something like that. And as soon as the last strand popped this massive anchor chain, like it has to be like this, like four foot wide chain just snaps and just like slaps this guy's legs and like his pelvis and he's just immediately like jello like as soon as it touches him like there's so much force he's just like boom jello and like he's just on the ground there's a red mist and you're like that guy's dead like that guy's instantly fucking killed like so many industrial accident stories fucking come across my news feed nowadays (laughs) michael cannot sleep at night he will never sleep again i don't know it makes me super hyper aware of like don't put yourself in this fucking situation. Don't try and hold a fucking truck up during a hurricane because chances are it's going to roll on you and do a little slide after it's landed on you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw that one. I know <laughs> the one you're talking about. Holy Oops. fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, Raver Battery Stories. Keep them coming in, guys. If you want the Facebook rules, or if you want the rules, go check out the Facebook page. It'll tell you. A lot of people were asking uh, what the... Uh, length requirement is on this. There's no length requirement. Uh, pretty much what I've been telling everybody is if you are considering not doing it, somebody else might do it. So just go full out, you know? We we, we believe in you. So You should go. write one where they're all ready to go and they're loading in the Phosphex for their first volley and then the Scorpus Whirlwind rockets come in and just fucking blow them away before they even fire it. <laughs> like, like if you could write it like the ultimate fucking cock tease where like you build us yeah. up for three pages and then we're just sitting there and then like it's like this guy's first volley and he's ready to go and then a 
Fucking Leviathan a lot of comes fucking in. marksman bats just murk them. Yeah, them come in dead. from outflank and just shoot them dead. Send it in. Send it in. Call the story. The shot never fired. Like, <laughs> we trade for weeks with plastic shells. <laughs> for months. For months we've trained. The shot never fired. All the work to go get all that set up and it never fucking shoots. <laughs> it just gets murked. Can we get some like rapier team like Industrial accident stories. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be fucking great. That, that's a cool idea. Uh, so anyway, oh man, this is gonna be good. All right. So moving on. Uh, update on the patches. Uh, I think we were gonna go ahead and I think it's pretty much been confirmed at this point that if you have a twenty five hundred point loyalist and a twenty five hundred point trader army, you get both those sent in then you would be eligible for the gold patch. Uh, I actually got an email this past Thursday that the patches have shipped. So good news is patches are on the way. Half are coming this way. The other half should be going to iForce in Australia. And so if you don't know what those are, it's a little Velcro patch that says closer on it, hashtag closer. Uh, start getting ready to start sending in some pictures. If you have a 2,500-point painted army, uh, we will get you a closer patch. We'll throw it in an envelope, throw a stamp on it, send it your way, and you can go show it off that you're a badass dude who is a fucking closer. Once again, we did go ahead and get permission from the Eye of Horse guys to use their their phrase, and they will also be dishing out the Australian closer patches. So it'll be like a 50-50 thing where we'll do the American, they'll do all the Australian, and then we... Really need to yeah, talk don't with like frivolously the, sue us over IP infringement or anything. <laughs> yeah. Don't do this handshake deal and uh, you know seem like we're doing a really good job and we're working together and then fucking have a shutdown with our Chinese supplier. Please don't do that to us. Yeah. So. But yeah, so it's gonna be a little bit slower moving for you UK guys, uh, but we will find some sort of. Uh, distributor in the uk i can probably. take some with me to mka and get them to alistair or one of those guys over there yeah and they yeah, can legion them. lies podcast and go ahead and dish them out i'm thinking if i just order them direct from yeah i will probably that's probably a good idea is just have when are you going to mk uh the very end of the month the like the 29th uh i'll have to see because historically when i order things from china they take a long ass time <laughs> so if they come in before... Are they literally on the slow boat from China? I'm sure they are, because it was free shipping. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> that means they are, uh, you know, mailing one at a time to us. So. By horse. But, but yeah, guys, it's a hashtag closer. It's a little banner. Uh, it says closer in gold, and then we have silver ones. If you have a 2,500-point army fully completed and fully painted, send a picture in. We'll look at it, and then we will get you out of patch. If you have both a loyalist and a trader army, don't be selfish. Send them all in, and we'll look at getting you a gold patch. You can show it off, show all your friends. Be dope as shit. What if you have five? What if you have five twenty-five hundred point painted armies? Well, then you shouldn't be emailing people because you're too busy playing those army all the time, so you don't have time to buy a, to get a closer patch. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, should, you get a special dark age one that point you get a dark age pamphlet because <laughs> <laughs> we'll play something else because we'll you won 30k yeah 
So anyway, so that's going to be it for patches. That's going to be covering that scheme. Uh, Next on the list on the bottom three worst tanks in history, according to Mr. <laughs> Kimmel. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. That's so bad. Let's go over some Omega rules. Let's go ahead and get those pulled up. So if you guys somehow missed the fact that the Omega rules got dropped this week, we got you covered on this one. We're going to go ahead and uh, break this down, go over it, and we're going to see why Ryan does not like the Omega too much. So sad, because I kind of like the looks of the tank. I still don't like it as much as the standard Sakaran looks-wise, but I was on board uh, with this one looks-wise. But, man, those rules. Whew. <laughs> so I'm pulling them up right now, pulling up the Horus Heresy rules, not the... One thing I did notice, man... Like as soon as they dropped the the rules for this thing, did you see the wave of like people for forty k saying, "Why is this only a, uh, why is this only a loyalist tank? Why don't we have a chaos version? Where's our chaos rules? Where's it's like, come on guys, give it a minute." Like it was, <laughs> that's all the comments were. I couldn't even squeeze any like, I don't know, whatever. So. Legion Sakaran Omega Tank Destroyer. It's coming in at 235 points. Is that That's going to be an issue, isn't it? A point cost? It's yep. A point. yep. <laughs> that's issue number one. <laughs> so 235 points. What does 235 points get you? It gets you a Ballistic Skill 4, Front Armor 13, Side Armor 12, Rear Armor 12, and 3 Hull Point Sakaran Chassis, which is a tank, which is fast. Uh, it's got a turret-mounted Omega Plasma Array, a whole mounted heavy bolter, extra armor, searchlight, and smoke launchers. Uh, so this bad boy can be upgraded with everything you can normally upgrade a Sakaran with at the same prices that you can upgrade a Sakaran with. So that's Hunter Killer Missile, Desert Blade, Auxiliary Drive, Armored Ceramite. Uh, you can upgrade the Sponson. You can upgrade it to have Sponson with heavy bolters or last cannons or laser cannons. Uh, and you can give it a pinnel mounted. Twin Link Bolter, Combi Weapon, Heavy Bolter, Heavy Flamer, Multi Melta, and Havoc Launchers. All for the same price that you can get any other Sakaran updated. So what makes it mostly different is going to be the points cost and its main weapon. So the main weapon is going to be this Omega Plasma Array, which upon looking at it, um, first things first, it's got two ways to fire. The first one's going to be a Plasma Volley, which is a 24-inch range. Strength 7, AP 2, Heavy 6, Twin Linked. Uh, so that's going to be 6 shot, Strength 7, AP 2, pretty much just normal plasma. And then it's got a secondary way that you can fire it, which I think it's probably the way Ryan doesn't like, is going to be the sustained burn. It's a one shot plasma burn, which is twin linked, but does get hot. Uh, strength 9, AP 2, uh, 24 inch range. The plasma burn if the target of this weapon is a vehicle and the model loses one or more hole points as a result of an attack from this weapon, I'll roll a D6. On a 4-up, the vehicle loses an additional hole points with no cover saves allowed. Uh, if the attack has resulted in a glancing hit, the number of hole points is reduced, inflicted is 1. If the resulted is a penetrating hit, the number of hole points is inflicted is D3. So you have a chance of doing 3 hole points of penetrating damage. Um... No, it'd be four because it's the additional is a D three. Oh, it's additional. Yeah. You've already done one. 
Okay, so four. It's possible four whole points of damage from this plas- plasma burn. Yep. So, what don't you like about this ride? It's just way too expensive for what it does. It doesn't make any sense. Like it's just not worth that many points. So, would it? Let's say, like, what what would you do to fix this thing? Would you bump that? plasma array up to well it's got to have longer range 24 inch range is bullshit i don't understand why it only has 24 inch range um they oversized the gun so much on that thing the length of the gun is like six inches long so imagine an ar-15 that shot 12 feet that's kind of what they've designed (laughs) how much sense does that make it doesn't you're right um shooting blocks it's funny it's like this thing is the supersized version of the plasma gun that goes on the Derrideo, right? The Derrideo's the one shoots 36 inches, right? Yeah. It only shoots 24. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, it, it doesn't shoot far enough, and then the the tank-destroying part of it, which is the big mega shot, it needs to be more than one shot, probably, to make it worth it. Or worth a fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, it just it's isn't just not very good. Like, they they seem to really uh, to me they really overvalue the um extra whole point thing. I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I guess I look at like I feel like the the Arcus uh, special rule where you're rolling three times on the damage table and taking the highest result is a way more powerful rule, and um that tank is cheaper. It's still AP two. It still shoots a bunch of shots. If it sits still, it shoots more shots than this thing in both modes. Um, I just, I'm not really a fan of this thing. I feel like your standard Sakaran with the six twin linked rending auto cannon shots, and then you can throw two LAS cannons on it, and all of that is shooting twice the range of this thing for yeah. what is that, 40, like 50, 70 points less? And those are rendy shots that can potentially ignore jink, you know. Yeah, this thing doesn't jink. No, um, it's just twin link like the other thing. (laughs) Oh, sorry, it would be sorry. With the last cannon sponsons, the Sakaran's what two hundred five, so it's still thirty points cheaper with the last cannon sponsons on the standard Sakaran. And I mean, we went kind of went over this just like on the Arcus, like. You're jacking up the points in this thing. It's like it's not helping. It's throwing out a little more offense, but it's not helping at all defense. And then especially this thing, because it's really going to have to get close to the enemy to do anything. So when you're taking this giant, you know, expensive weapon and you have to be a minimum of 24 inches away to be shooting whatever, and then most people, their tanks are further back. Like they're screening their tanks with, you know, things that are being pushed up in front of those tanks. So this thing's going to be in danger just to be able to do its job. Hmm. So, yeah, looking at it, especially, I don't know why it doesn't have the, uh, the terminal tracking or whatever that is, because it seems yeah. like the things that it's going to be playing and fight shooting against the most. If you do play, it would be things like Anvilus and Charybdis and stuff like that. That's going to be in its face first turn because of its, you know, short as range. Short so. range, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just not very good. I mean, you can take two laser destroyer vindicators for the points of one of these. 
I mean, literally straight up. Just take two laser destroyer vindicators. Yeah. Or if you're worried about killing tanks like a lightning strike fighter with Krakens is still going to be way, 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 way better. Yeah, or like if you got a spare Lord of War, throw in a Avenger strike fighter with the two tank hunting last cannons, the tank hunting Avenger bolt cannon, and the tank hunting Krakens. There's just so many better choices than this for its points. So what about this? I mean, because the roles it fulfills are not, I mean, it's obviously not a great tank hunter. Well, let, let's just compare it to the Sicker and Venator. If you want to hunt tanks, why would you not take the, the Venator that's 190 points, so it's 45 points cheaper. It's two shots instead of one. It's strength 10 instead of nine. It's ordnance, so you're rolling two dice and picking the highest to try to get an armor pin. It's AP1 instead of AP2. So, yeah, it's like you're not getting to double hole points or whatever, but you're shooting twice as many shots you're going to have more, way more of a chance to pin, and then when you do pin, you're scoring way higher on the damage table. Yeah. And it doesn't get hot. And it doesn't get hot. And shot. it shoots further, <laughs> and it's fucking 40 points cheaper. So just take the sicker Inventor. So this, it, it look, playing devil's advocate here, this has the ability to kind of dual roll, so you can go ahead and attack tanks with it, and then also you can attack terminators with it or you know you can t- it, marine equivalent terminator equivalent you know uh you can shoot it against a um a thanatar and you'd have a pretty decent chance at fucking up a thanatar with it but what point cost do you think you should have seen this thing come in at with the rules it has now with the rules it has now Like one seventy five, like one seventy five. Yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, I don't, I don't think this thing. So the the single shot anti tank thing, I think, is pretty fucking pointless to be honest. Like, I think the best version of shooting the gun is the six shot, just like plasma gun thing. But if you compare that to the Arcus, the Arcus is, if you do the Arcus instead of this, the Arcus is what longer range and it's strength eight. So you're doubling things out. It's still AP two and you're getting the multiple rolls on the damage table. And if it sits still, it shoots double the quantity of shots, which is more shots in this thing. So, I mean, it'd have to be, you know, somewhere the 175, 185 point range. I would think here's some, here's some magical fucking advice. If you have a year and a half until your next book comes out and this is getting printed in its final, like manifestation, then fix this if you enjoy selling them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of why that's kind of why I wanted it's, it's, to have this conversation. Like, I feel like yeah. you know, like if we get Ryan talking on the record on what he would fix, then there's Not a possibility. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I I like so money these, too, folks. Be <laughs> so, like, I mean, I was talking to our game club about this. That I'm a little. I'm. I'm. Can you guys hear me? Scott yeah. froze up. Okay. So, um, I'm just a little disappointed overall. Like, all they really did was just care and make different turrets for it. And it's not like a radical redesign. So, you have, like... And then when you look at all the different turrets, like, none of them really... I guess the Arcus is the only one that really does something unique because it does have... Like, and it's a very good anti-air ground unit, which is, like, we already talked about that. Like, that's the one thing that really wasn't in the game was that. Like, there's no other vehicle that's a good anti-air ground unit. Right. So, 
that's unique. The rest of this shit isn't unique. Like the Venator already does what this thing does. And then if you fire the plasma mode, the the Arcus well, the plasma predator. So that that's what I was getting at. So if you want the like anti infantry role, anti terminator role, why not take a plasma predator that shoots three small blasts without gets hot at the same strength, same AP that you're gonna get a lot more hits off of for way less points. Um so you could do that, and then if you want the anti-tank, then you would take the Venator. So right. I guess I'm just like, they've made all these tanks, and it's like, you know, I don't know, if you're going to give us something, I guess what, I, like, I was joking with my friends, I was like, oh, cool, they released something new, and then I, like, looked at it and was like, oh, okay, well, cool, well, wake me up when they make a fucking transport that holds 15 guys. I'll, <laughs> I'll be here, just wake me up when they do that. Like, this is, like, more... Like we like we really need more heavy support shit that just kills things. Like how many fucking heavy support things do we need that kills things? And not it doesn't do it better than anything else. Like it doesn't like it's not. No, I mean it it's shine. it's a little disappointing. It's like this I mean it, you've just taken you've taken the same anything. tank and you've just made another turret that you know performs the same fucking role as all these other things. Like if you're going to bother making something, um. At this point, let's like let's make something that fills a fucking gap or something totally new. Like if this was an all new chassis of tank, but it still like looked totally different, you know, or maybe was in a different slot, like it was fast attack or something like that. Ooh. Even if it performed a similar role, if if it was a similar role or um even if it was better, worse, whatever in that role, it would at least be more intriguing. Like, oh, this is a whole new model kit that we've never seen before. Like, this looks cool. I like that this looks better than a Sakaran. I don't care that it's a little worse or whatever. Or because it's in fast attack, I can now take this and this. But just giving us the same fucking tank and changing the turret and then giving us giving it rules where it's like plug and play where there's a million fucking things that already do this. Like, it's not... like I, To me, it's just not intriguing. Like, you know, go spend that fucking research time and money on making Dorn or filling in gaps in the line that we don't have or make something totally new. That's all I'm saying. So, like, if you could wish list, okay, like, if, if it was up to you to write the rules for the Omega, okay, like, it, you, you had the model, like, it's not so much a, like, it, it's, it's something that you could pump out quick because you've already got the chassis down for it. It's something that all you need is a turret for, okay? Yep. And so you, you, Q Q three is going to be rough, you know, because you just lost Alan Bly, so you got to punch something out. Uh, R.I.P. Alan Bly. Uh, but so you got to you got to release something, and you got to be able to space it out. So the Omega is coming out regardless. All right, and you got to sell it. You got to sell this thing, but you can't make it OP. You can't book seven the Omega. Where are you dropping this thing to make it fluffy? With the weapon it has, where are you? Where are you? Like, what are the Ryan? Well, where am I putting the thing? points, or how would I change the rules? Because I would, would just, you, I don't. You know, how would you change? The I rules? don't really like the rules. Yeah, how would you change so, the rules? Let's hear Ryan Kimmel's Omega. Okay, I would probably the make RKO. it at least. <laughs> I'd probably make it at a minimum thirty-six inch range, and I would probably make it large blast. Basically, give it the profile of the. The main weapon is already like strength nine, AP two, large blast, two shot, twin linked, thirty six inch range, and then I just get rid of that 
giant fucking paragraph of nonsense special rule that they invented for it because it's not needed and it's just going to confuse people and it's too much fucking words for whatever it does. That's Okay. So basically kind of like the uh kind of like a bulked up version of the the plasma predator. Yes. And, but it's fast. It's fast though. So it's it's going to be It's on a fast tank, it's on a heavier chassis. It's it's too higher strength so it's actually anti-tank. Um, and then it's still large blast, so you can like you know sear infantry or whatever. And it's, so it's just two shot, large blast, wind linked, strength nine, AP two, thirty six inch range. Is the is the is the plasma derideo? Is that that's a three inch blast? Is it? But it's still blast, isn't it? If you fire the alternate fire mode, it fires as a large blast, or okay. you can fire it as four individual shots. Okay, and bumping it up to dual large blast, would you like, let's say dual large blast, like twin linked or something like that, or just dual large yeah, blast? That's what I said. Yeah. Would you would you bump the points up for that, or would you leave them where they're at for for a tank? That I would. Mm, it would probably be in the two to two twenty five range. Okay. And then would you drop off? I, mean, the good- I, I personally, I mean, it depends on where they're. I mean, I think that the standard Sakarin, like, it used to be 135, and then they jumped it up to 165, which I didn't, I mean, I didn't really agree with. I mean, if they wanted to raise it a little, little bit, I think 150 is the sweet spot for that thing. So, I think this thing should probably, if the one that I'm describing, I would put it at, like, right around 200 points, give or take 10 points. Probably give, probably 2 to 215, somewhere in there. And you keep it in the fast attack choice? Or, I mean, the, in the heavy support choice? Yeah, probably, yeah. Keep it in heavy support slot. I mean... Okay. No, I... That sounds fair. I I don't know what army I'd run that with, but it it's definitely something that's going to be a threat on the field. It's something you need to get rid of real quick, especially because with that 36-inch range, so it's going to be something that you're going to have to pay a lot of attention the same amount of attention you'd pay to like a uh uh a whirlwind or a quad mortar team or anything like that yeah and it's going i mean it's threat it's a it's a big threat especially being on a fast chassis uh the ability for it to be up in your face you know turn one is going to be a uh it's gonna be something to look at i just like they they seem to like they pump up they pump up the offensive output of something and then just really jack the points to the moon without like thinking how durable it is. Because you can only shoot one unit at a time and you're going in a game where it's I go with all my shit, you go with all your shit, I go with all, like back and forth. Like okay, so you jack the offense through the moon, it just makes it the most priority target on the board, but you've not changed its it's still just armor 12 on the side with three hole points, right? Yeah, it's so, still it's still yeah, lightning bait. It, Right, it just it shoots something, disintegrates it, and then it fucking dies immediately. So you can't fucking make it 250 points or just something astronomical when it doesn't have the defensive capabilities to stay on the board, no matter how, what its offense is. So, so the way I look at things, and a lot of like, especially like the way I, I pick units and things like that, I always try and like make sure a unit, depending on how many turns it can live, I want it to be able to kill the amount of points that have been delved into it. And if I can break even, I feel good. 
And well, so, exactly. Like, look at the Scorpus Whirlwind. So let's say the Scorpus Whirlwind, instead of shooting D3 plus one missile, it shot four D3 plus one missiles, but we made it 300 points. Would it be better than the version that it is now? It's shooting four times as much as it does now, and you're only paying triple the points. No. I don't think it would be... I wouldn't pay... Like, it's not as good because you're. it's still Overkill. only a single target, and it's overkilling the unit you're firing at, and it doesn't have any more defensive capability, so it's going to die like the 115-point version. Yeah, and that I mean, that's something that you bring up, especially in a lot of the earlier episodes when we get, like, a lot of these lists where there's, like, people who have, you know, full, like, massive man squads of Terminators coming at you, and it's like, whatever that goes against, it's annihilating it, and then it's done. Like, that's all it can do that. Like, yeah. Like, that unit is overkilling everything it's going to touch. So, no, I get, I get what you're saying. Like, you don't need to overkill these to sell them because that's not going to sell them because people are looking at efficiencies inside their points. I mean, I guess I, like, that's just a tabletop thing. So, I mean, if people really like the model, get it. But, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is if you really like this model, you can't say you dislike the normal Sakaran model. They pretty much look exactly the same other than the guns. The turret's very similar. The body's obviously the same. I personally prefer the standard Sakaran because I think the guns are a little too large on this thing. So it's not, it's like I don't really see, I don't even see the argument of, well, it looks cool, so I'm going to run it because it looks cool. Like, well, why, like if this looks cool, then you got to like this other one, and this other one's just better. It's more efficient. And there's there's no reason to be like kind of a, like ignorant consumer when you can like take all the factors into account before you buy something that's really expensive like yeah hey man this looks good and it has good rules you know there's no reason why you should have to compromise when something's priced at such a premium point which i mean it fucking sure is it's a, yeah like, uh, at gen con it was 145 dollars I mean, I don't know what it is. I think it's I think it's one hundred and five dollars on the web store. Good luck with your six rapid firing plasma gun shots. I hope you fucking really enjoy (laughs) the hard work and blood and sweat and tears you're going to put into me as a motherfucker who's painted a little bit in his life. Like, there's nothing more disappointing than pouring your like your soul into making something look nice, and then it's shitty, so it never comes out of your case. Yeah, you know. Oh God! And then, especially when you paint something like that, and then it just gets wiped, like turn two, and yeah, never got you're to like, fire. oh great, <laughs> what the fuck? you know, like it's so bad, it's like awkward. It throws your whole like sense of you know gravity off and yeah. what. Well, and like the the tank destroyer version, it's like strength nine, whatever, and it's like, oh well, this will be really great at punching through like armor thirteen predators or whatever. And I'm like, well, you know what else would have killed an armor thirteen predator? The hundred and sixty five point Sakaran. Like yeah. H one link glass cannon on anything anywhere. Yeah, at, yeah. Anytime. It's like <laughs> it's like, well, I did all these extra hole points. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I could have just glanced this fucking thing out with all these auto cannon shots that rend. So. So, so looking at the rules for it right now, uh, so with the with the tank shot that it's getting, it's a possible possible four whole points of damage is what it will do. Okay, and just going yeah. over the rules, it doesn't look like it gets to roll additional penetrating hit for each hit you're getting. No, you just roll one penetrating hit. It's like oh, your weapon disabled, but you're taking D three additional whole points on top of your weapon disabled, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So so I don't know what tanks that rules geared towards. Like I don't really understand what 
what role like what... yeah because it like you shoot that at a spartan um if it has a like it's armor 14 all the way around so you need a six to even pin it to begin with right. and then it's got what five hole points so you're not even going to be able to kill it no hey, unless Rams, you roll if you're playing against the one guy ever who is not bought a flare shield for <laughs> well i mean you could, you could maybe get in the side but i mean that's the other problem is it's only 24 inch range so you have to get so fucking close um so let's say you yeah. orthed it like you 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 uh what's the iron hand right of war take counter to outflank Head of the Gorgon. Head of the yeah, Gale. so then you have the most expensive fucking three-hole point tank ever, because how many yeah. points is Orth? 235 base. Yes, and base. how much is Orth? Orth is 80. So it would be oh a 315-point tank? Yep, something like, yeah. You're whereabouts without a dozer blade, without side sponsons, no yeah. armor ceremony. Yeah. Good luck with that. It's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> we'll see how it pays off. But yeah. you, have you seen the replacements where the guy's scanning the opposing team and he finds the guy with the googly eyes and says, there's my bitch? That's what people will do to you at an event if you show up with that. <laughs> or this is your sportsmanship score insurance right here, guys. <laughs> okay. So what I'm going to do, Ryan, and I'll probably end up finishing this before tonight, I'm going to take the data sheet from Forge World and I'm going to make the RKO. I'm going to make the the Ryan Kimmel Omega. I'm going to make the rules. I'm going to make the data sheet. Well, if you really want to make it, what I would do is take two Sakarans and put them together and then make it hold like 16 guys. No, 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 or something no, like no, that. no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to take this data sheet, right? And I'm going to make the rules as you just designed them in this podcast, Okay. And I'm going to send right. it out to the world. And if people want to play it, they can play it. And maybe, just maybe, because this is still experimental, enough people will have played with these adjusted rules. And maybe, just maybe, we can convince other podcasts to also push the RKO rules. And maybe, just maybe, <laughs> we know enough event organizers to allow the RKO oh, rules. Oh, God. <laughs> haven't we been fucking down this road Yeah, enough? we have. Like, haven't I don't, we burned I, our hand on the stove enough? Yeah. This hey. This is just not going to happen. Like, just, just let them do their thing. Like, just remember. If they don't. Just remember, nobody's yeah. nobody's playing non-multi-bombing. That, like, there's no event out there right now. How bad do we have to have our dick smashed in the lid of the cookie jar before we decide to put it back in our pants, man? Like, I want, and I'd like to point out that this is Michael's idea. Me and, this is not me and Scott's idea. Uh, I'm just saying, if you go to an event with an RKO is allowed, you, like, they're going to be like, what is this RKO... Omega here. Well, I don't create my own units, so it's not allowed at my events. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> you're willing to buy if you're willing to pay 145 dollars off some fake ass rules. You go right ahead. <laughs> don't you let us tell you how big your dreams can be, but <laughs> this guy off the internet told me these rules. <laughs> they said that if I showed them this, they'll let me. <laughs> It's just a fucking crown writing. These rules are legit. <laughs> if somebody doesn't let you play with the RKO rules, you tell them to call me, all right? <laughs> Book 7.5. All right, fine. 
We'll just let yeah, it fucking I'd say, fail. I'd say 200 points is fair because I was just thinking if that thing if it was blast and it got stunned, it can't even shoot. So I'd say 200 points is fair. Right around 200. What if it was... Oh, no. Never mind. Because you're upping it to 36-inch range. I was thinking if it was still 24-inch range. Like, what if it was... four? You forced a flare shield onto it, but you push the no. points up, too. It, but It doesn't need flare shield. Okay. All right. Well, that's some Omega Talk, boys. Uh, take it or leave it. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, leave it. Buy some Plasma Predators. Invest um, in Plasma Predators. Some, buy some Plasma Predators or some Sicker Inventors. You'll be way happier with your purchase. <laughs> Love it. Okay. You want some voicemails? You all down for some voicemails? Hell yeah. Let's do it. Uh, oh, yeah. It says Omega Rules. I thought it said Georgia Rules. Okay. So... Let me go ahead and see here. Let's see what kind of voicemails we got. Got to run through some. Got to get all these rapier contests out of the way. And boom. Here we go. Oh, there we go. I just got the, the uh, episode 69 part where you talk about the closer patches and you got to have 2,500 loyalists and 2,500 traders. My question is, if I have 2,500 Alpha Legion do I automatically get the closer patch? Because, I mean, it's South Legion. Are they traitors? Are they loyalists? Nobody knows. So, no. No, you don't get to just submit one army of Alpha Legion nope. or Dark Angels and get to call them both. Nope. Or Adeptus Mechanicus or anything like that. Because that would really work for any army, uh, technically, except for Word Bearers. But good question. That's a fair question. <clears throat> All right, next up. Hey, what's up? This is Alan Ross. Um, not sure a Dessel accident, but in the aviation world, we have a lot of accidents. Uh, most of them are pretty fatal and stuff. So, we were having this brief, and it was like a major brief, like, it was almost like a small stadium size brief. Had like a couple generals for um, 25th ID there. It was like, actually really weird because they usually don't do that kind of crap. So we were about to go to Afghanistan again. And uh, everyone's doing this brief and we hear this huge crash. Like, what the fuck's up? Turns out um, some guys, <laughs> uh, two guys were doing a kind of a, uh, you turn off your engine and you let the rotor blades kind of spin to slow down the descent and you turn on your engine again it's supposed to be a test like that well the engine's never turned back on oh, and they crash right outside where we were having our uh, briefing at and it was pretty brutal um, both guys died really <laughs> sucked it turns out um, one girl that everyone kind of knew like she was cute too in my uh, company she turned out she was fucking one of the officers got in trouble for that it was a huge fucking mess but yeah good times not really but yeah jesus okay so you could understand that or got, was it just me i got it i got I it i could it's understand it a little bit but it was kind of rough it sounded like fucking brendan dassey from making a murderer confess <laughs> 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 
don't understand any of that. <laughs> He's a free man. He said now. that some, some guys were trying to land a helicopter, military helicopter, and they turned the ignition off in the air and then let it like do the auto rotate, but then they were supposed to turn it back on. And they either didn't, the engine didn't fire when they tried to turn it back on, or they just forgot to turn it back on, and it just fell out of the sky like a stone and crashed. Well, there you go. Killed when both you the pizza guys. When you're and... supposed to French fry, you're gonna have a bad time. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what? I don't. What would be the purpose in doing? Like you do that in an automobile to backfire it. If Momentary anybody, very retardation is the purpose of doing that. Just <laughs> they were. They're probably dumb shit. They're do your probably... hillbillies do that down there, Michael? Like when you have an old carbureted truck or whatever, you. You turn the gas like you're rolling down the road. You put it in neutral when you're doing about 30, so it's it's still going down the road. You turn the ignition off and pump the gas to fill the exhaust system up with fuel, and then you restart the ignition and it backfires. It sounds like a gunshot going off. Do people do that where you're at, like to scare people on the sidewalk or whatever? No, God no. <laughs> <laughs> no like, Shit, no man. We just use train horns, man. That's how we scare people down here. <laughs> oh. Well, you could type in like backfiring a truck or whatever in YouTube and see what I'm talking about. That's like a thing around here. People do that all the time. They'll that's backfire a good their way truck. To, or... That's a good way to a find out how bad my PTSD is and b <laughs> how many of these 16 nine millimeter bullets I could put through <laughs> fucking back <windshield. laughs> You do that, man. You do that shit in Houston. It's going to be at least two thirds of them, which is going to be enough. Trust me. <laughs> no, I don't know. It, it it sounds like they were testing. I, it it could have been they cut the engines off, and uh, they had to perform auto rotation landings. I would imagine that yep. there was going to be something like that, and then the guy who was supposed to perform the auto rotation landing completely fucked up and just uh, just crashed. The auto yeah. rotation wasn't so auto after all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not so much rotation either. It's hard as fuck, dude. No, like, cause... <laughs> we should have left it manual rotation. <laughs> <laughs> Everything would have been fine. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So the next one comes from the Legion of Lies podcast. It says, evening fuckers. I done got a voicemail for y'all to enjoy. For y'all to enjoy. Cheers. Alistair. So for starters, I just want to point out that Alistair used the term y'all. Y'all to yeah. enjoy. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. Maybe he's a southern you care or something. I don't know. <laughs> Did you hear Joe Rogan when he's like, it's oh no, it's pronounced color with a U. And Joe Rogan goes, yeah. oh, fuck you. There's more of us now. It's our language. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, fuck you. There's more of us now. It's ours. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Let's see what the Legion of Lies got to say. Hey there guys, Alistair here from uh Legion of Lies podcast. Just wanted to send in a voicemail of a couple of things. Um first of all, episode four is in the process of being recorded, so watch this space for more absolute bullshit from free cunts from UK. Um I just wanted to say a massive, massive thank you for sharing the um, Just Giving link to help raise some funds to cover the vet bills for Paul Willow. Obviously, unfortunately, he did pass away that day. So, I mean, thanks very much for all your help and all your support and everything. Just a shame we couldn't do anything more for the little guy. Mm. May I rest him? R.I.P., buddy. I also wanted to ask... Would it be possible for Ryan to uh, help 
write up some lists for me. Now, on a yes. recent trip to Forge World, the missus said that she, well, she confessed to me that she likes the Space Wolves. And she was looking at the uh, Prospero um, display board they've got there. So, with that in mind, I thought it'd be a really cool idea that she has a Space Wolf army, which means that I can have a Thousand Suns army. Now, of course, we want to use Primarchs, because who the fuck wouldn't? Um, so if you can help us out with some lists for... Um, I'm open for buying anything. I don't care. Just fucking tell me and I'll fucking order it. Obviously, it's not <laughs> going to be a... Um, be a quick thing. It's going to be a, a project that goes along the sidelines for everything else. Go and get a Stormbird. But, um, yeah, if you can help us out with that, that'd be amazing. Um... Yeah, that was about it. Thanks very much for the podcast. Thanks for keeping me fucking sane during the shit work I've got to do. Oh, yeah, Ryan, I'll see you in a couple of weeks as well. Looking forward to MKA and the punk beds. That's going to be interesting. Yep. So, uh, yeah. See you <laughs> so much room for activities. And uh, ta-ta for now. <laughs> powerful powerful alistair right there ladies and gentlemen legion lies podcast go check them out uh sorry about your kitty buddy he yeah. looked like he had a great life before he was taken so just remember the good times don't remember the one bad time that happened so r.i.p little buddy you're off chasing mice in a better place yeah but uh but yeah go check out that podcast guys and Ryan, do you accept his list r- request? Yeah, yeah we c- I can write a list. Um, since they're doing Space Wolves versus Thousand Suns, just off the top of my head, it would probably be pretty cool to do the Space Wolves as Orbital Assault and then do like the Thousand Suns as more of a ground-based uh, army to represent the Battle of Prospero. Oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah, you could do that. I like where your head went immediately. Yep. I mean, because if they're if they're both wanting primarchs and they're both wanting the dual primarchs, I mean that's the the best scenario. And then what I would probably do for the Thousand Suns is maybe do um, Pride of the Legion since they were all on their home field. And if you read that novel, you know they brought obviously their most elite units uh, to bear on the Space Wolves. And when they got whittled down to the very end, when it, you had the actual conflict between the two uh, Primarchs, that's when the most like elite dudes went to battle with each other. That's when Armin was there, and then you had the um, Psyker guy for the Space Wolves had like their little psychic duel and all that. So I could, re- I could basically go back and re-listen to that book and listen to that final conflict and pick out the characters that were there and probably write lists that uh, has all that stuff in it. Just some badass dudes fucking fighting next to their Primarchs. Yep. Dig it. Very cool. Very cool. So that's going to be it for voicemails this week. That's going to be all the voicemails we have. Uh, so we told you guys we'd have 2,500-point Ultramarines list and a 2,500-point Sons of Horus list. Hang on just a minute. Scott's got something to say. Hey, I got to go. He's you gone. gentlemen have a nice evening. It's good being back. Sorry I was ill last week. Won't happen again. <laughs> Give us stuff straight. All right. Take care, guys. Later, Scott. Have a good one. You have a good one, Scott. Yeah. So, 
we got this ultramarine list inbound uh go ahead and bring this up go ahead and pick up your ultramarines buddies let them know that there's a badass ultramarine list, ultramarine list coming on this podcast it's going to be from daniel daniel says hey guys been a long time listener here in the uk love the weekly banner and crazy stories coming in every week i'm also glad that the majestic ryan kimball has returned to the fold I have an event coming up in September. It's a fairly fluffy event with three faction loyalists. Three factions, loyalist traders and mercenaries. Obviously my legion of choice of ultramarines. So I would like to bring a fairly fluffy list with Gilliman in it. So he's going to run a mercenaries army it looks like. Uh, my idea is... No, I'm just playing. Uh, my idea is an HQ chaplain with boarding shield, legatine axe, plasma pistol. He's going to run two quad mortars. Uh, the troop choice is going to take two 10-man vet squads with commie plaz and two plasma guns in each in rhinos, a five-man Invictarius Caesarean squad in Land Raider Phobos, a one 10-man Volkite Caliber squad in rhino, a Derdeo with Alios and autocannons, two Legion Sicarians with last cannon sponsons, and Gilliman. It comes out to roughly 2,500 points. Roughly half of the forces will be shooty with the Sicarians using Gilliman's trait of either tank hunter or interceptor. My plan would be to advance the Gilliman Death Star up the board with Vet Squads outflanking in later. Uh, obviously, you guys have recently had a, quite a few trader lists in. I was hoping you would give me some list advice and critique. The list below shows what unique choices I have available to me. As time's quite short, I don't have much time to paint up new units to a decent standard. Uh, so, I heard that every time someone says the word fluffy in a list... It means that a small kitten, or in Scott's case, a puppy, will die. Oh, <laughs> okay. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. We so love then, kitties and puppies on this show. Yeah, we love both kitties and puppies. So he sent us a little, a, a rather lengthy list that we'll go ahead and skip over of all the things that he has. Yep. Uh, Ryan, what did you do with this list? Okay, so first off, you can look at the list because he's got two veteran squads one Invictus Suzerain squad and one Volkite Caliber squad. So he's got... So the only compulsory troop, if you don't take a right of war, are the Suzerains, and the only reason they are is because Gilliman's in the list, and Gilliman makes uh, Legion Terminators and Suzerain's troops. This is one of his abilities. So this means that with this particular... What he's doing here, he would have to have taken Pride of the Legion or Primarch's Chosen... Um, unfortunately for him, both of those rights of war have the drawback that you have to have more Legion Astartes units than you do non-Legion Astartes units. Um, and if you do a quick count, he's got a chaplain. Let's say he took the quad borders as individuals, so that would be three. And then he's got two vet squads, which would be five. Then he's got the Suzerains and the Volkite, which would be seven Legion Astartes units. Um, and then going against that, he's got Gilliman, because Primarchs are not Legion Astartes. Then he's got the two Sicarans, the Derideo, the Rhino for the Volkite Calivers, the Phobos, and then two more Rhinos for the Vets. So that's eight. So you have to actually be reverse of that. You have to have one more Legion Astartes unit than you do non. So this list would not be legal. Um, at least no way I could find to make it legal. So my key thing when I looked at his list was to basically just piece together mostly what he had here. Um, to keep it as close to what he was wanting to run, but make it a, a legal army. So that's kind of what I did. So um, what I did is, is I kept his chaplain as the compulsory HQ. Um, the chaplain has a axe for his Curzius, 
artificer armor boarding shield. I dropped a plasma pistol. He's probably using the model out of the uh, um, the Betrayal of Kalf box, and he probably just put the plasma pistol on it because it's armed that way. I personally would clip that son of a bitch off and give him a bolt pistol. I don't think <laughs> it's really needed. Um, uh, let's see. So then for troops, um, I up the because he said in his list of things that he has ten potential suzerains, and he, even though he only had five in his other list, so I increased the squad size to six. So uh, for the first compulsory troop choice, it's six suzerains, two of which have thunder hammers. Um, and then they have a dedicated Land Raider Phobos with Dozer Blade Armored Ceramite. Um, for the second compulsory troop choice, I took five Cataphracty Terminators. Two of them have Power Fist, two of them have Chain Fist, and the Sergeant has a Power Fist. And they're also in a Land Raider Phobos with Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. Um, in his list of things, he said he had five Cataphracty and another Phobos, so he should be good to go there without having to paint anything. Um, then for Elites, I took the... Uh, a 10-man veteran squad with two plasma guns. Sergeant has artificer armor, and I put them in a rhino with a multi-melta. So it's essentially the exact same squad he had as troops before in his old list. I've just moved them to elites. The only thing I added to them was I put a dozer blade on the rhino. So maybe because he's got a month, he can surely come up with some pintel kits and put some multi-meltas on. That's not a lot of painting. Um, you got this, man. And then for the... Yeah, for a second uh, elite's choice... I took a, a identical unit, so another 10-man veteran squad, two plasma guns, sergeant with artificer armor, rhino with pinnel mounted multi-melta. And then for heavy support, uh, I took a Sakarin battle tank with two sponsor mounted LAS cannons, a second Sakarin uh, battle tank with two sponsor mounted LAS cannons. And then for the third and final heavy support choice, um, because of the increase in points I had um, in taking the other stuff, um, I was not able to fit his uh, Daredevil back in, so he has a Whirlwind uh, Scorpius in his uh, list of things that he has, so I threw in a ba Bare Bones Whirlwind Scorpius. And then, obviously, for the Lord of War, I took uh, Gilliman. So, that's his list. So, I basically, I had to get rid of the Volkite squad um, out of there, and then shrink the Daredevil down to a... Um, a uh, Scorpius, and then I uh, fit in a... Uh, oh, and I had to get rid of the quad mortars, and then I was able to fit in the uh, Land Raider with the Terminators in it, the second Land Raider, and then put a few a little... Uh, some... the panel-mounted weapons on the uh, Rhinos. So, it's pretty similar to what he had. He's losing out on the Daredeo for anti-air, but we've talked about that before, like Dreadnought's using them as anti-air because of the way firing arc works, It's just uh, layered with Interceptor. Yeah, it's 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 fairly easy to get around. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, just snap-firing both of those Sakarans up with all the twin-linked autocannon fire, ignoring Jink, is gonna, like, that's gonna be enough to kill um, most of the planes that people take. Uh, it probably won't stop a fire after... Uh, but the Fire Raptor is going to struggle getting open those two Land Raiders. Um, if somebody takes a Lightning, it'll the, the two Sakarans will deal with the Lightning. They'll, you'll probably lose one vehicle to a Lightning, but you have two Sakarans and the uh, two Land Raiders and the Scorpius. So you're going to have kind of target saturation. So they might get one of those. And 
if you've used those land raiders correctly, you've moved them um, 18 inches turn one because you've moved them 12 and then flat out them six. So if they come in and kill one, you you're already where you need to be anyway. So yeah, uh, it didn't change the list a whole lot. I mean, if anything, you're it's pretty much going to play the exact same way. You're just making the units hit a little bit harder. And well, the main thing was that he had to, ha you know, it wasn't a legal list, so this will actually get him a legal list to play. Yeah. And then the list of units he had, he didn't really have like anything that would drastically change it one way or the other. So what I did actually, um, let's see, where's it at? Dan. I made him an optional list, like if he wanted to go shopping. Um, what I would do, like what I would buy different to change the list. Um, so I told him, uh, I went, I, I said he could basically get a Zyphon for any air just because it's fast attack because for heavy support, he owns how many heavy support units here. He's got a Derrideo, two land Raider Phobos, a Vindicator laser destroyer, a Scorpus, two Sakarans, a uh, five-man autocannon team, a five-man Colvarin team. So I didn't want to... Even though the Fire Raptor is my favorite flyer, he already has all that heavy support, and he doesn't own a single fast attack unit. So um, I figure a Xiphon would probably be the best like dedicated anti-air slot for fast attack because you're down to a Lightning or a Xiphon, and if you're just wanting something anti-air, I think for anti-air, the Xiphon's better of the two for that role. And I guess if you're going to be going to an event with it, then the chances of you meeting another flyer are going to be pretty high. Uh, right. So, so he's got enough anti-tank on the ground. So, I mean, like, using the lightning, I don't think, like, I feel like the Xiphon for his, what he already owns, would be a better, more useful unit. It would actually get more use out of it. Um, and then I told him to pick up an apothecary because then you can put the chaplain the Apothecary and Gilliman in with the six Suzerains and the Land Raider, and that's going to fill it up. That's uh, that's a capacity 10, and it's going to give, uh, you know, Gilliman, the Chaplain, all those guys feel no pain. So it's a really good upgrade for only, like, you know, it's 45 points, and then you'll want to put Artificer on it. So I, cha I wrote this optional list. I'll just go through it super quick. It's basically a Chaplain, six Suzerains and a Land Raider, 10 normal Tactical Marines and a Rhino with Multimelta, an apothecary with artificer armor, the same two tact the same two veteran squads that he had in all in both his other lists, a Xiphon as fast attack, and then the same heavy support, the two Sakarans with last cannons and the Whirlwind Scorpius. So basically instead of taking the Terminators, I just dropped those for a tactical squad with a Rhino, and then with all those extra points I saved, I took the Apothecary to make the Gilliman squad better, and then the Xiphon to put anti air back in. Is that three scoring units? No, four four scoring units. Yes, in both lists because he's got in the in this list it's the suzerains, the tactical marines, and then the two veteran squads, and then in the other list it's the suzerains, the terminators, and the two veteran squads. And then don't forget Gilliman can make any any like unit type of a certain in a certain slot scoring. He can give an implacable advance, so you could always name a Sakaran battle tank and make those two Sakaran score as well Def, at the dude, beginning is, of the game. That is some solid advice right there. That is solid advice, especially because he's yeah, yeah. going to be running two Sakarans. 
Set up bumper yep. from four to six. Yeah. And if he needs to, like, obviously, if you roll up on a, and you're a kill point mission, you know, give him tank hunter or interceptor, like he said. If you're playing a mission that is like Dominion, where you need to sit on objectives early and often, um, you know, that the Sakarans being scoring would be really good. Or even one that you have to grab objectives at the end of the game because Sakarans being a fast tank can essentially move 12 in the movement phase and then move another 12 in the shooting, shooting phase. phase. So. They're extremely good end of game objective grabbers if they're not, you know, dead or immobilized. Obviously, yeah, fucking especially if they're going to be jumping twenty four inches in a turn to go cap an objective. That's solid. Yep. Good call, man. Solid so, advice. Like uh, solid advice. Like yeah. how like he you think that he should play it, and then also you know the list. So. Yeah. So I sent him both lists. We talked a little bit because I I I've, I've been sitting on this list for a couple weeks because we got like nine all at once or whatever. Um, and he said he had that event coming up. So I made sure to email him and cause I wanted him to know that his list wasn't legal. I didn't want him to show up to the event with an illegal list to then be, you know, stuck that day. So I wanted to make sure he, had, uh, so I, I emailed him a, like, I don't know, half a week ago or a week ago and already like gave him both lists. So, but he's listening to this for the first time. So hopefully he gets a little bit more out of listening to the episode instead of just my little short email I sent him. Okay. It's very sweet of you, Ryan. It's very sweet of you. <laughs> I'm a sweet guy. All right. So that's it for that Ultramarines list. We also have a 2,500-point Sons of Horus list that you went ahead and wrote up. Uh, this came from John. John says, hey, guys, been listening to you guys for a while now, especially while working doubles in the kitchen. Ooh, doubles in the kitchen. He's probably listening right now, possibly working in the kitchen. Don't burn yourself. Watch out. Don't give other people salmonella. Anyway. <laughs> and finally decided to make the jump into 30k with Swords of Horus. While reading the fluff and rules, Reavers and Malgahurst stood out to me the most. I also enjoyed the idea of Reavers and Vets' troops. I just don't really know what is the best route of ore or loadout for the Reavers and how to build around them. The models I have available is 70 Marines, 20 Terminators from Betrayal of Kalth, and more than enough Betrayal of Kalth characters from past projects. I plan on getting at least 20 Reaver and the Legion Command set from Algahurst and only have enough funds to currently get one or two more units if need be. Hope you guys could help me out, John. First off, John, okay. I want to know what kind of kitchen you work in. I want to know what kind of chef you are. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Okay, so when I wrote this list, I tried to keep in mind what comes in Betrayal of Kalth. Yep. Because he said he was going to start there, so... Uh, this list was essentially, I wanted to use uh, Malagurst, obviously, because he wanted that, Reavers, because he wants Reavers, and then I wanted the basically the rest of the list to be Betrayal of Kalth. And um, not only does it fit theme-wise, but it also fits money-wise, because he's. it sounds like he's a little bit on a budget with what he described. So I went with Orbital Assault, because you can get cheap plastic you know, drop pods to go with your Betrayal of Kalth. Um, and basically get an army up and going really fast. This was actually kind of a strategy we used when we did those uh, I have a Kalth box, what do I do now episodes back in the day. Right. Um, so this is what I... So keeping all that in mind, this is what I wound up uh, writing up for him. So obviously Malagurst would be his HQ, and he's taking Rite of War Orbital Assault. Um, then I am then I would take a Chaplain with... Uh, his make his crozies and axe, give him artificer armor, 
uh, melta bombs and boarding shields. So basically, just take the betrayal of Kalf dude and um, clip that fucking plasma pistol off, uh, melt it in the microwave, scrape it out of the microwave, throw it in the trash, then bury the trash in the backyard. <laughs> then, um, then take a boarding like you know, put a bolt pistol in there, and then rig up some type of a boarding shield or whatever to put on the back of that arm that he's got extended out. It looked pretty fucking cool. Um, then for troops, uh, take a 15 man reaver squad, um, give, uh, three of them power weapons, uh, three of them melt guns, and then give the sergeant artificer armor power fist, and then give all the guys that don't have a power fist, um, or power weapon chain axes. So, right now they're on foot, but they're not going to be. But that's a 15-man unit. Um, then for uh, his second troop's choice, because Malagurst makes Reavers and Veterans troops. So, his first troop's choice is that big Reaver squad. So, the second troop's choice would be 10 Space Marine Veterans. Um, nine of them have combi weapons. You would probably want to make those melt guns, but you could make them plasmas. I would go meltas. Um, the sergeant has artificer armor, so it's basically 10 combi melted guys. Sergeant has artificer armor, and they're in a drop pod. Then the third troop's choice would be um, another 10 Space Marine veterans. Um, two of these guys have power weapons. Uh, the entire squad has melt bombs. The sergeant has artificer armor and power weapon. So those power weapons, I personally like axes, but with Sons of Horus throwing in some swords or whatever isn't a bad idea because of the uh, um, the little dirty, whatever it's called, where they get a strike an extra time at initiative one if they've already fought. I think it's called Dirty Fighter dirty or something fighter. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the, uh, they're in a drop pod. You could give these guys the, uh, the ability that makes them plus one weapon skill if you wanted. I would probably go marksman, even though they're not going to outflank, just so that they're kind of a dual threat because they're going to be good in close combat regardless with the Sons of Horse rule. And then with the sniper bolters, you get what uh, it's rerolls to roll of a one when it rapid fire range essentially, with their new rule. Uh, oh, what's that called? It's called something. Anyway, I'll move on while you look that up. Yep. Then for the one, so what's that fourth fourth truce choice is another identical unit to the one I just read off. So another ten veterans. Sergeant has artificer armor. Uh, two basic guys have power weapons. The entire squad has melt bombs and then the sergeant also has a power weapon. Um, then for elites, I took an apothecary with a power sword, and that apothecary power sword will go with the 15 Reavers to make that squad um, 16 strong. And then uh, uh, Malagurst um, and the chaplain will also join that squad, so it'll make it 18 strong. Um, then for the second elite choice, I took five Justaren Terminators. So you could actually convert these guys up from the Terminators that come in the Kalf box if you didn't want to buy Justaren. You could yeah, just buy dealer. some... Uh, dealer, that's what it is. And what is it? It's rapid fire and assault weapons within 12 inches get to reroll ones to hit yeah. or runs to wound or something like that. Plus one bus skill when shooting with pistol, assault, rapid fire weapons at 12 inches or less away. Okay, plus one bl ballistic skill. So you hit on twos. Which would be good with, uh, you know, the sniper vet rule, and obviously it'll be good with the the combi melt of vets as well. Um, so anyway, so five Justerans as an elite's choice, and they take a dedicated anvilus. The Justerans themselves, um, one of them has a multi melta because it comes in the kit. Um, 
the other four guys have combi weapons. You could make those plasmas or meltas either way would be good. And then um, three of the guys have chain fist and then two of the guys have lightning claws, a single lightning claw. And then, like I said, they go on an anvilus. Then for heavy support, the first one you would take a Charybdis to put the giant 18-man uh, squad in, the squad with the eight, the 15 Reavers, the Chaplain, Malagurst, and the Apothecary. And then for your second uh, heavy support choice, you would take a Fire Raptor gunship with auto cannons and four wing-mounted hell strengths. And that's the army. And if you look at this, you got... The three vet squads, the reaver squad, and the Justaren, so the, all that is scoring. So you're going to have five scoring units. Um, Malagurst makes, I think, everything within 12 fearless. Um, the chaplain makes them double fearless, but the chaplain makes that unit fearless, basically gives them hatred, which is what you're looking for. And also, that's a character that comes in the box you're already going to own. Um, and then Malagurst, because it's a bubble, it'll push into um, other squads. So this should give you everything you want. Like I said, if you convert the Kalth Terminators to Justaren, um, this has the three uh, 10-man veteran squads that come in that box, plus the five Terminators, plus the Chaplain. So everything that comes in the Kalth box you'd be using except for the Dreadnought, and then you're buying the Command Squad to build Malagur, so then all you would have to do is at that point is buy an Anvilus, a Charybdis, a Fire Raptor, and your Drop Pods, and you'd be good to go. Hell yeah, dude. All you have to do is just ask your buddies that play orcs if you can have some of their extra heads to take those top knots off. Yeah. <laughs> Throw that on your, your cataphracty and Bob's your uncle. And bam, so, you got some so this list was 2464. So he's got, you know, a little handful of points there at the end to throw in whatever he wants. I gave him some wiggle room. Um, I need to send this list to him, actually. I don't think I actually sent this to him. But. I feel like this is a good army. Uh, it, it's got it's it seems very Sons of Horus, uh, and because it's all veterans, Justaren and Reavers, you could make it like a first company army. So you could paint it mostly black instead of the black and uh, instead of the blue green. But I mean, you could throw the blue green in there if you wanted to. Yeah, especially man. I mean, this army as soon as it hits the ground, you've got you know that Death Dealer rule just unloading on people coming out of those drop pods. Like it's going to be a definitely alpha strike list and just play super aggressive. Yeah. I feel like this fits sons of Horus fluff. It fits the models that he's buying and it, and it uses the units he wants to use. So I, I felt like it met all his criteria really well. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of stuff he needs to, to buy uh, what, like one, what, how much is it? Like, Two units that'll have to be from Forge World, the Anvilus. The Charybdis and the Fire Raptor and the Anvilus are the three Forge World units. Yeah, and then everything else can be uh, a Kalf box and then drop pods. Um, drop pods. Yeah, all can be sourced at your local games workshop. And then you know, if you want to go ahead and pick up those other three units, Fire Raptor is going to be dope, and then just Charybdis and Anvilus. So, very cool list, Ryan. Dig it. It's very, uh, very sense of horse, very fast, very, very reaper list. So, so well, that's going to be it, man. That's all for episode 70. Uh, looks like here in a little bit at the end of this, we will have some breakdown from Samuel Pedro about the battle of the Coralinas. So if you want to hang out past the music break, 
you can hear some breakdowns of a badass event that you that you should probably check out next year. So, you want to say anything before we head out, Ryan? No. Um, do, I mean, did you want to talk about the Pop Goes the Monkey thing at all? Let's break it down. We're here. I'm game. We can okay. Call well, you know podcast. more about it than I have because you've talked to Matt a little bit. It really bummed me out. I just hate that fucking Games Workshop does stuff like this. I mean, I understand on one hand, but it's just a shitty thing to do, in my opinion, to to go after the little guy like this, especially when, in my opinion, they're just making products that enhance your product. It's not like he's selling a kit that people buy and then they're not buying any Games Workshop kits. It's not like a replacement. They literally are still buying the same fucking Games Workshop kit and then they're just getting this guy's stuff to add to the kit that they've already purchased to make it cooler. So, in my opinion, stuff like what Matt does actually drives Games Workshop sales. It doesn't hurt Games Workshop sales. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. Now, here's the thing. Okay. So, there's definitely both sides of this. Um, And I came out real gung-ho defending Matt. And I will defend Matt. I think Matt is going to be absolutely... Because he's a little man. He is producing a product that nobody else is creating currently. It is enhancing the game, everything like that. However, the biggest argument that I bow down to, that I kind of you know respect and I understand, is that if you do not protect your IP, then you risk the chance of that being brought against you in an actual IP suit. So let's say that some company did upstart and did start selling Space Marines and everything like that, and they had to go defend their IP. It could be used against them that they did not attack Pop Goes the Monkey. That is one of the biggest things that was like, okay, I I get that. I understand that. Um, Now, however, should they have done it the legal way? Like In the case of Pop Goes the Monkey, I think that they absolutely should have offered Pop Goes the Monkey licensing rights out the gate when he asked for them uh, going on to you. Well, get ago. into that because people don't even know that he asked. So, so when Papa goes the monkey, and this is actually something that you guys can go back and listen to on our, the TFL live, go to warhammer 30 kcom It'll take you to a YouTube channel. And that is going to be the forgotten Legion YouTube channel. That's the guys I'm with. We actually had pop goes the monkey. Matt Schweitzer is his name. We had him on our, TFL broadcast, our live broadcast, when he was first starting out, he actually created a badass word bearer shoulder pad while he was on there. And, and by the way, Matt's Matt has asked to come on the show. So if y'all want to hear Matt's side of the story, we can't have him on the show. That's probably something we can do for the Patreon subscribers so they can listen to it. And we can just interview him. That's not a problem. If you guys want to hear it, just let us know. We'll ask. Um, but whenever he first started out, he was worried about the IP issue coming out because this has happened before. This, you know, he was... Games Workshop went after Chapter House Studios. Now, if you remember versus Chapter House Studios, Games Workshop came out and said that he had infringed on 140 of their trademark intellectual property. Uh, They did lose that case. However, it was found that Chapter House did infringe on 40 out of the 140 uh, IP rights that, that Games Workshop had, the 40 of the trademarks out of the 140 that they went for. 
Uh, but ultimately, they did lose that that case, and uh, I think they got twenty thousand dollars from Chapter House out of it, versus the ridiculous number that they were trying to get him for. So, so this has happened before. So Matt Schweitzer just out the gate was really worrisome about selling these shoulder pads on Shapeways. And so what he did was he approached Games Workshop to try and capture licensing rights to produce these shoulder pads. And he was very adamant about it. And pretty much it came down to they were not going to grant him licensing rights, but they advised him to change the names. And if you remember correctly, and if you actually go to his Facebook page, you can actually see when he had a name-changing competition where he was changing all the names of his shoulder pads so he would not use the names of the shoulder pads or names. And this was are. on the advice of Games Workshop. Yes. Like he was being open and honest with them, and they just told him, just do this, and you should be fine. Yes, just do this, change the names, you'll be fine. And so he did, and he changed the names, everything like that and moved on like you could not type in uh imp- you will not see the word imperial fist on his games workshop on his store uh because none of his stuff's named imperial fist uh, you know he he had like the blood legion he had you know the the bat legion and stuff like that like he changed it up so that it was you could you could find your stuff and it it, it actually hurt his sales because he could not use these trademark names but you know, that's what Games Workshop wanted. They did not want their names to be tied to whatever. So he, he did that, and next thing you know, he's got 300 of his items pulled down. And so all it... And some of them are custom designs that don't have anything to do with anything I've ever seen in Games Workshop stuff. Yeah, like he lost some of his Celestial Lions stuff, his custom-made Celestial Lions. Like there's no logo... like the. The stuff that he made, he made it different enough from the original emblem that it could not, it did not appear to be the same, uh, the same logos that they use. And he made custom Hydra things. Like he, he did make a number of custom different things. And in that 300 that were moved, there were certain things that were in there. Like, uh, he lost the thousand sun shields, which just had suns on them. Like obviously not not games workshop ip you know it's it, it definitely yeah you can't trademark. you can't copyright the sun i'm i don't think so i mean that's my thing like i guess my whole argument and this is the part of the chapter house suit that they lost and if you go back and read the uh minutes or whatever michael actually sent me the documents um the i've documents. read them in the past i didn't read them when you sent them to me but if i remember right they really got. It wasn't like they just lost the case. I mean, it, the the they looked pretty bad in court. Like they got made. Awful. They were made to look. Yes, they really got beat up and got their their uh, dick kicked in on this because basically they told him, "Look, you can't copyright a fucking lightning bolt because if you give a eight year old a pen and say draw a lightning bolt, they're going to draw draw the white scars logo. That's what kids do." Like, it's so fucking basic. You can't copyright that. How are you going to copyright that? Yeah, there's there's a number of things. Like, it, there was, there's, like, a few things that stood out in the actual, like, it, it, this is something you definitely have to, like, talk to Joe Kirkus about because, like, he's, like, the, the, he's, he'll tell you, like, what's what because he is a lawyer. But when you go and look at the actual, the, the transcript of the hearing between, you can look up this up online, guys. 
uh, Blood of Kittens. They have the full transcript out there. I mean, there's a number of websites. You can actually look up, just type in Chapter House versus Games Workshop. You can get the full PDF document of the full court transcript, anything like that. It's all out there. It's all public information. A lot of people know about the case, and a lot of people know that the case happened, but so few people have actually looked at the transcripts, read the transcripts, and these aren't going to be something that's like insane, you know, law lingo that you just not can understand. This is the actual transcripts of what was being asked of Games Workshop's, uh, I'm not sure if their IP manager or whoever he was in the company. He's worked for Games Workshop for 30 years, but really got his asshole ripped open. Like, it's just, it was a, a not a very good, and they looked so bad in it because, you know, the, the, the cross-examination just came down to just basic trademark law and everything like that. It was, you know, it's like, do you guys understand that you didn't file for a trademark against these things? And just because you use it more than everybody else or you use it first doesn't mean it's automatically trademarked. And then it's just, you know, all these different things that this pop up in this this uh, this court hearing are just insane. They even bring, you know... Yeah, when I was five, before games... Because I'm 35 years old, so this was 30 years ago before they invented it. I drew a storm cloud when I was five with a lightning bolt coming out of it, which is like the Storm Giants chapter logo. So I'm going to be suing Games Workshop for stealing my IP because I did it before them. Exactly. I mean, exactly... And, and the thing is, you know, they brought up a lot of things in the actual court hearing, like in the case of the Turvagon and in the case of um, like a Bone Sword and Lash Whip. They brought up a lot of like Tyranid models that were being created by by Blood and Sk- or I'm sorry, not Blood Skulls Industries. Uh, oh, God. Chapter House. Chapter House. Don't get don't get Blood Skulls Industries. Run Blood Skulls. <laughs> but anyway, so th- they brought up a number of models that were actually inside the Tyranid Codex at the time that mo- no models were being made for, right? And these companies, like Chapter House, they made Turvagon and they made Mycetic Spore models, and Games Workshop did not have models for this. And so the ideas was like, th- basically they came back and they said, how do you expect to trademark something inside of a book that like you have rules for inside of a tome and how do you expect this trademark to be you know trademarked like that's hidden from the world like you know you can't trademark something that nobody can see it's like you don't expect people to buy all your books read through them in the world and then not make like you you just can't it's not reasonable to expect this to be trademarked which is, is what they did they said nobody can make this my set explore because i made it inside this book and it's like uh well I made a mycetic spore. It's not a mycetic spore. It just you know happens to look like it. And you're saying that this is your trademark, even. Well, and once again, you said it just looks like it. Well, what does that even mean? Like you've not made the model to even know what it's supposed to fucking look like anyway. Yeah, exactly. No, a hundred percent. Like there's, that's a that's that's the exact case that they they brought up. And so you know it's it's like, if anything, any model that you make after this, if it resembles my mycetic spore at all. Then at that point, you know, if I were to just jump on this and trademark it, then you'd be fucked. So it's just, it, it's very weird. It's so, it's, it's, it's so convoluted. I mean, there's so much things that are, are just not right about it. It's just, it puts such a sour taste in my mouth just because there's nothing to gain from this for Games Workshop. Like, yeah, it, I don't feel like it. I mean, it, is there. 
I mean, I don't see how Matt is taking any business from them. It's not like he's like making alternate land raiders or making space marines. He's literally just selling, you know, like shoulder pads or fucking shields. And most of the stuff he sells, they don't make anyway. Right. They don't make breacher shields with fucking suns on them. So why do they care if he's selling breacher shields with suns on them? I I, I don't I don't know. Um, unless I, and once again, they have to. You know, if somebody you know, wants to buy Matt's shield, they have to go out and buy Games Workshop fucking models to put them on. Yeah. The only thing that I can think is that this is possibly a... Like I said, it could, it could have been something where it's like, hey, if we don't protect it, then we lose it. You know? If, we, if, we're, if we're not shutting everybody down, then we can't shut anybody down later on. Which, I mean, that could very well be the case. Uh, however, l- not offering licensing rights when it's something that was was spoken of a, a long time ago, you know, it's it's it, you should be working with Matt. You know, he's sitting there, he's putting the time in, and he's putting this. Uh, you know, he, he well, why would you tell the guy just change the names and you're fine, and then turn around and try to sue him or city and deem or whatever the fuck they're doing? I don't know. I, and then of course, on top of that, you know, they could been, you know, the left hand doesn't understand what the right hand's doing. You know. Um, does the guy that, I mean, maybe games workshop is so big at this point, which is probably true where somebody says, Hey man, just change the names up. And then the right hands, who's the, you know, IP watchdog going through shapeways or anything like that, or, you know, is doing these reverse Google searches for, you know, through shapeways. Cause it's their job this week to find anybody who's infringing on their IP and, and just shut them down. Like, Hey, you know, this guy had no idea that Matt, what Matt's done. I mean, a few people do. You know, it like we don't know. Who I don't Matt know. I mean, to, you know, so so I guess my thing is like I brought it up. Like I find it funny that so my my the example I always go to that always cracks me up is and everybody that's listening, please Google along with this because you'll get a kick out of it. Go to Google, type in Overkill O V E R K I L L. That's a band. It's a band from the early eighties. Type in Overkill Chally, C-H-A-L-Y. I think that's how it's spelled. So there's this band called Overkill. I believe they're from Pennsylvania. They're a thrash band, and their logo is the Night Lord's logo. But they had it out long before. So I can't 100% prove it, but I'm like 99% sure that back in the day, because the people who originally started Games Workshop, Rick Priestley and all those guys, they were just dudes in a garage that liked gaming and were really into metal. And a lot of the early White Dwarfs actually had like metal albums in it, metal references. That's like the fucking band Bolt Bolt Thrower has a ton of songs that have metal names and all that. So I'm like 99% sure somebody that worked back at Games Workshop in the early days saw Overkill's logo and decided to make like the Overkill uh logo into the night lords legion whatever so i guess my thing is how do you sue someone over a logo that you're stealing from someone else like if if games workshop is trying to get after matt for using the night lords logo what if matt just went and contacted bobby blitz of overkill or whatever and said hey man do you care if I use your fucking logo to make Space Marine shoulder pads or whatever? Because Bobby probably wouldn't give a fuck. And then what's Games Workshop do? Because you're basically using someone else's IP for your fucking item. That's that's that came up in the chapter house. 
So in the chapter house case, they questioned where they drew their inspiration for space Marines from and where they drew their inspiration from different trademarks that they originally had. Because if it came from the ether, then, you know, obviously it wouldn't, it would be their actual trademark, but because they drew their inspiration from different sci-fi books and different sci-fi backgrounds, this is stuff that could not be trademarked. The only thing that they had going for them trademark wise. And the only thing that they could like really like save face on was going to be the towel because that was a hundred percent like out of the yeah. air was like creation, but like space Marine, all their space Marines logos, pretty much everything that was made in like the rogue trader days of like badass dudes, just fucking making a game for people to play. All that stuff is pretty much non trademarkable because you know, and they took it, yeah, and, it's just a bunch of dudes in the garage that borrowed a bunch of shit. Yeah. Um, the other thing people should Google is Google Michael or uh, Michael Moorcock um, Chaos logo. And the fucking eight-pointed star of chaos was invented by Moorcock for his uh, Elric series. And it's like 100,000% straight stolen, stolen from fucking Games Workshop. So, or stolen by Games Workshop to use on their product. So, it just, it kills me because when people were talking about this... Uh, the guy that's suing Games Workshop for like sixty some million dollars, and they're like, um, "How? Yeah, they said how can this guy sue someone for using an IP and it's not even his IP? IP? I guess my question for those people asking that question is, ask Games Workshop because that's what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because th- they're getting after Matt for." an IP that they're claiming is theirs, but has existed long before. Like, okay, so you're suing him for Egyptian scarab beetles that have been around since, you know, Egypt and BC Egyptians. Like what the fuck? Like, are you high on crack? You can't copyright the sun fella. It's a billion years old. If I went and found my little niece who's three and told her to draw a sun, she would draw a circle with squiggly lines coming out of it, which is the fucking thousand suns logo. So I don't really know. I, it just is so baffling to me. Like I said, right now, the way I see it is I don't think it's Games Workshop main shutting down Shapeways. I think there's some mid-level guy or girl in the office whose sole job is to... I mean, her, probably her job this week. Like She's probably like her third day on the job and like nobody knew what to do for her. Like Nobody, nobody knew what to do with her. It's like, I don't know, go write cease and desist letters. Go go see if you can find people who are infringing on our IP. And she's like, I know. I'll go to Shapeways. I'll type in hashtag Ultramarines. Oh, here's a bunch. Let me go ahead and send a cease and desist letter for this, 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 this. Just doing their job. Like, I feel like... This yeah, because w- let's copyright the letter U. Yeah, exactly. It's... It's... Uh, I don't know. It's too big. It's too... They're too big. That's just how it is. I don't, I don't think this is a... a I don't think this is an attack against Matt because if it was, then he'd have no items still in the store. He's still got 2,000 items still up in the store. It's only some of them that got taken down. I think it was just going to be those certain items got saw by somebody whose job it was to send cease and desist letters, and they did it. You know, I don't, I don't know. At this point, you know, is... Do I think Matt will come out on top of this? Yeah, I do. I think that he's got enough, you know, P 
people behind him to where it's going to be okay. I think he'll come out of this with a licensing right. I think they'll be like, fuck, we should have just licensed this from the beginning. Now we accidentally shut him down. Because really, they wrote a cease... Like, I don't know if they wrote a cease and desist letter or they just said two Shapeways, hey, Pop Goes the Monkey's infringing on our IP. And Shapeways has like a zero tolerance policy on that. They just say, okay, shut it down. And they just send that out there. And I think, you know, it could have been that or, you know, they're not going to try and, you know, fight for Matt. They'd rather just not get sued and just drop their clients' models. So, I don't know. And then it could be the case. I I just, this is just typical. I mean, to me, it just irritates me because this is like, when I rant and rave about Games Workshop on this show and I shit on Games Workshop, a lot of it is stuff like this. It's just, it's just, it's just a shitty thing to do. This is no good for anyone. I mean, this is like, but... And it comes down to Games Workshop being so big. It's massive. It's huge. You know, everybody's got their compartmentalized jobs that they have to do and they have to fulfill. And would you... I, I mean, it comes down to people give orders without a second thought. If some guy told me, hey, your job this week is to stop people from abusing RP, that's your, go do that. Without a second thought, it's not in my well, head. I, I tell you what, where they should start, well, I don't even want to go there. I was <laughs> going to bring up 8th edition and their current fluff is where they should start. But um, anyway, let's move on. But yeah, so I mean, that guy's going to go do his job. Like, it's not, he's not going to be, he's not going to second guess this shit. He's not going to go research like oh is this a good guy is this a guy that's not no he's just gonna say hey they're abusing our ip on shapeways let's shut them down that's what's my job this week i'm not gonna get fired i'd like to do that and that's like really at the end of the day it's these people that think like this the thing on this corporate level that are in charge of games workshop and selling things and making all these purchases and you know everything going on that have really you know this we can take compartmentalizing things like this and we can take the corporate mindset and being publicly traded and we can push this problem to, you know, you could, you can, you can say that this problem causes price hikes. It causes the price gouging. It causes, um, uh, stores not getting their proper inventory. I mean, all of these things are all part of what, and this is going to sound a little like conspiracy theory and all this stuff. It's all part of the stuff that Dave Moore with his lawsuits trying to take care of, you know, and it's enough rattling of the cage to where if you rattled it enough and you broke it down to where it, you know, it, I don't know, you know, if, if it, if Games Workshop came out hurt in all this, not saying, you know, I really enjoy the game. I would rather not see Games Workshop be hurt in all this, but, you know, at the end of the day, if this lawsuit goes through, then there's a good possibility that Games Workshop, as we know it, will not be Games Workshop anymore. And, you know, it could be a smaller company. It could be a company that has to make decisions a lot less uh, jerk of the knee and things like that. If this lawsuit works out, not the lawsuit against Matt, the lawsuit. Well, there is no lawsuit against Matt, but the lawsuit that Dave Moore is uh, is currently running against them. And we I mean, there's so many people that are totally against this lawsuit right now that like, that Dave Moore's thrown out there. Uh, but I mean, if you take his lawsuit and where he's coming at from it and the things that he wants to create. He's pretty passionate about it. And then you go and look back historically about how they did against chapter house. Uh, I think this lawsuit is going to be a bigger, um, 
I think it's going to be a bigger deal than people are making it right now. A lot of people have kind of just shrugged it off, but I think this this lawsuit is going to be well. After reading the complaint and seeing it initially, my initial knee jerk reaction was: this guy's an idiot. This complaint is ridiculous. There's no way anything's going to come of it. And then I know that you've talked to him a few times, and then I've talked to you about talking to him and some of the things he said and the fact that it's going on in a civil court um, where you don't need a major like you, all you need, is, you know, you don't need a hundred percent like a, a fucking uh, criminal trial where it's, you know, 12 jurors all rule, you know, guilty, not guilty. You can like the, like for, for people who don't know the OJ Simpson civil trial, not the criminal trial, the civil tr trial. Um, he was only convicted, I think nine to three. Um, and still had to pay, like, you know, basically he's broke as shit now. Right. People know all about that. Um, and when you do a civil trial, um, it's not as, I don't know how to word it, like professional. Like, you're just trying to convince the jurors. It's, so it's like talking to everyday blue-collar people, which is my understanding is why the complaint was written like it was written. And... I know that you've showed me some things that he told you about like where he's pulled cases that other people have brought against other companies over the same things that he's suing Games Workshop for that it's literally pretty much exactly what they're doing and the other case you know one. was one against the other company um so yeah I mean I I'm with you I I at first thought that that 60 some million dollar lawsuit was dumb I didn't think anything would come of it. And then talking to you, and then I, I have a friend that works for a big, we'll call it an accessory company for gaming. They make uh, products for gaming, and it's somebody when I had, uh, you know, that I order through uh, for my store on at least a monthly basis. And I talked to my sales rep, and I told him we were talking about the lawsuit. And we were talking about, you know, the free trade agreements and shit. And he goes, well, I can tell you here in the U.S. for our stores, we do this and this and this. And you, you can have a website. And if we put something on sale, we have to say that you can put something on sale. Yep. And was going through. And it was a whole bunch of shit that Games Workshop doesn't do. And in fact, not only do they not do it, they ban their retailers from doing it. Right. And if the, you do it, they pull your account. And I was told from somebody who would know that literally has to jump through all these hoops to deal with all these retailers and let them have their own website and all this because of this uh, free trade shit. And Games Workshop, in my opinion, just listening to what he said and looking at the documents that he showed me and things, whatever, Games Workshop's uh, like not even close to complying with it. No. And that's, that's I mean, really, the thing is, it's such an obscure company like realistically like if you don't play warhammer you don't play any sort of tabletop gaming then you have no idea how they work and at this point that nobody truly that matters like if this was you know enron if this was Chevy, walmart yeah yeah you know like it would know like people would know about this but because it's such an obscure company none of these things have come forth like the uh i can't remember what the law is but this but Dave Moore knew it off. I mean, he, of course it's like his biggest point. It's like a standards across the board kind of thing. He has like this Sherman act and things like that. It's all laws that are in place that ensure across the board. Every one of your retailers has the exact same 
um, exact same pricing and price availability that you do for your right. Ba- basically, if if I'm a company and I license my product to you, Michael, to sell, I ha- and I have a website, I have to let you have a website. Right, and if you get a if- if you give your own stores a 55% discount, then you have to give every one of your retailers a 55% discount. Correct. Even and, if you, and if make you it. put and if you put a like say say you had a limit where you told your retailers the maximum discount they could offer was 20% and then you had a Black Friday sale on your web store that was 30% off, you have to call all your retailers or send them an email that says, "Hey, through this date to this date we're running a Black Friday sale. You're allowed to sell your product." at this percentage just like we are. Exactly. And that's a, that's across the board. And there, you deal with companies right now that have to do that. You you know which company I'm, I'm thinking of. Yes. Well, that's the that's the thing. The the company that I was talking to about, talking to my sales rep about this, um, that's where I got all this information on this is why they do all that and why I get the emails I get from them and that I sign documentation doing certain things. And they will actually you know, help you set up a website. Well, my wife did this trades of hope thing, which is just like selling. It's like one of those, uh, fair trade things where like people from like a third world country will make a product. Um, and they get paid a fair wage, you know, for that country to make it. And then they send it over here. And then people have almost like a, uh, essentially a, I call it a Tupperware party. I don't even would know what you would call that where you go to someone's house and they host a party and you sell like these necklaces or beads or whatever that these people in like some, you know, African nation or whatever is made. But because that company has a website, they actually literally, if you sell their product, they help you have your own miniature website that they help you set up and everything. And the way the corporate structure works down, they have to hit certain, you know, they have to basically check certain boxes because you're essentially, you know, being licensed out through them. And they have to follow all that fair trade shit because it's, that's what the way it is in the United States. Right. And so nobody has brought up that Games Workshop has been doing this, but it's it like everybody that deals with Games Workshop knows that that's how they do business. And that's yep. pretty much like across the board, like everybody knows, oh, well, you know, I can't have a web store. I can't do this. I can't do that. Yes, Games Workshop uh, is going to get the pick of the litter when it comes to um, when it comes to product. Limited edition. Yeah, limited edition stuff. I, I don't get to sell that. I, I you know I'm a retailer, so they don't have those laws in the UK. They don't have this uh, corporate contract across the board, trade agreement across everything. But they're doing business in America, and nobody has brought this up because it hasn't been an issue. Like, and of course, the normal blue collar guy they don't know that this stuff's illegal. You know, they don't know that. Oh, they're fucking me. Yeah, they're fucking me. But you know, oh well. Uh, until Dave Moore comes along, they push him enough to where he gets pissed off enough and they fuck him enough times to where he builds a case against them and then actually goes and ensues them over this, which should ultimately completely change the way. If he wins, which I don't see, like, what they're doing is illegal. And what, like, I don't see him not coming out on top on this. Like, in, in from what it looks like, he is not the type of person. Well, well, I'll say, as, as ridiculous as the complaint was written, which I'll, I'll admit that, like Michael just said, talking to my 
friends that own very high level businesses that have a lot of retailers that they have to send out stuff to, they will straight tell you that what Games Workshop doing is illegal. Like there's no, it's not, it's a, it's a black and white thing. Them not allowing people in the U.S. to have fucking websites when they have a website is illegal. Like if that's all you're going to go on, if you're just going to say talk about that one thing right there, it's 100% illegal what they're doing. It's pretty much black and white. Yeah, not bringing up anything else that they're doing that's illegal. That, I mean, there's like eight different points of things that are doing right now. And so, I don't know. We kind of went off the Pop Goes the Monkey and into Dave Moore's case. But, like, I mean, just looking at it right now, I think Dave Moore's case, when it's all said and done, which could be, you know, one or two years before everything happens, the Games Workshop that we know and love... <laughs> say that with a... Anyway, the Games Workshop we know will not be the same. It can't be. There's, you know, it's it will truly become a new games workshop because the way they do business in America will completely change. It has to. And there's no way at this point, because there is criminal charges against it, there's no way where they can like plea out of this or, you know, they can, you know, just send Dave Moore a bunch of hush money and say like, Hey, you know, we'll settle. You can't, you can't anymore. So I don't know. Somebody keep an eye out, guys. I I don't know. Yeah, it's a mess. Everything's a mess right now. I mean, there's just so much in... You just hope that Games Workshop's legal team gets their shit together, stops being assholes, you know. But they won't. I mean, there's just no way. They're a publicly traded company. They got to do what's best for their, their investors and... I mean, it's it's just how corporate America works. Corporate anywhere works. So, but anyway, so <laughs> kind of a depressing note to end the show on. Now we got some uh, some uh, Battle of the Coralinas talk coming up, so we'll be all right. Got Mr. Samuel Pedro yep. ready to fucking. Oh, we'll do it next episode. But I forgot we got another. We got an email from James Dean, Easy Fish. Yep. On that always messages. Um, so we'll read it out. He finished that uh, squat army with the defense line and sent us a bunch of pictures and shit. And it's fucking rad. Oh, badass. so yes, he's we'll, actually we'll go, looking to be the we'll first go, recipient of the closer patch. So I believe. Yes. So we'll go over it next. I'll, I'll lay this email right here on my desk so that we go over it next show for hundred percent. I just got sidetracked with having to fix my internet and everything else going on today. So. Rock and roll, guys. Hopefully we'll see you next episode, episode 71, and we're out. Yep. Bye.
does growing up just change your body? Or also your soul? <sighs> Maybe I could just stay the same forever. What's going on, guys, and welcome back. I got Mr. Samuel Pedro here, uh, one of our Patreon supporters. And, you know, you call in quite a bit to our voicemail. I think everybody probably remembers you as the uh, the helicopter maintenance pilot that has a very <laughs> awesome shit story. Yeah, the cooler story. The shit cooler story, yeah. So, so Mr. Pedro is the... <laughs> The one who left the cooler <laughs> mysteriously in the desert full of shit that hopefully somebody found. I can only pray that somebody found. Um, <laughs> so Sam's going to give us a breakdown of the Battle of Coralinas. This actually took place August 19th, so it was about three weeks ago. Uh, just with hurricanes going on everything, it was hard to get him in here uh, to record and get everything lined up in time for you guys in a timely manner. But we made it happen. So... Sam, so we're going to go ahead and give a breakdown. You went to the Battle of Coralinas, okay? Yeah. So, as I understand, there's a fall and a spring version of Battle of the Coralinas. This was the fall version, right? Yeah, this was the second one. Uh, the first one was back in March. Uh, it was uh, the first heresy event for the group back in March. This was our second, and we uh, doubled the number of players, roughly. Fuck so, yes. Successful. So was this like a, I'm guessing this was a narrative campaign? Is that how y'all ran it? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I don't want it to like hurt Joe's feelings or anything, but like it was it was meant to be a narrative event, but it was basically just as much just like, hey, we're just trying to get some heresy games in. Fuck yeah! Sometimes that's how you got to do it, man. That's how Stiff started, yeah. and the next thing you know, it's on fire. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so yeah, how many, like, I guess give us a breakdown, man. What was the general, like, points? Like, what did y'all have to show up with? I'm guessing fully painted. Uh, so, it was, yeah, it was uh, pretty simple, like, uh, 2,500, uh, just, like, open battle list, and then a 1,000-point uh, ZM list. Okay, okay. And then I'm guessing you show up, and they split y'all up into different factions, of course, yeah? Uh. Pretty much, yeah. I showed up, and Joe had everybody's uh, like opponents lined up. I don't know if he had it like done beforehand or what, but it, yeah, we just divided up. Into, okay. Uh, factions. And so, were y'all looking at like custom missions during the event, or was it a? Uh... Yeah, they were all custom missions with uh, custom boards, uh, tables, and the table. The terrain was amazing. Fuck amazing. Yeah. Right. Dude, that's one of I the biggest. I don't know if I sent the pictures. Uh, I 
don't think yes we got some in the patreon chat that's right you sent some through as it, the event was going on mm-hmm. so if you could resend those pictures though that way we can go ahead and post it up for this episode's picture dump that way we can get some ideas of what it looked like for the people out there so they know how y'all are doing terrain over in carolina uh what yeah was it was it a group of guys that ran it like is there a carolina subgroup of dudes we don't know about or is it like just the like where did all this terrain come from? Was it like a certain gaming club, or was it all? Uh, Joe? Well, like the uh, Facebook group is uh, Carolina Heresy, and the majority of like the regulars and the guys that actually put stuff together, uh, they live down in Charlotte, so that's about an hour away. I don't really get down too often. I believe the majority of the terrain was Joe's. Uh, he was some european shop and it was like foam but there was one table that was probably one of the coolest tables i've seen it was basically like a uh, imperial frigate that was destroyed and in like seven different parts across the table oh that's massive parts and then there was one that was like um uh titan night titan like lander that was massive in the middle of the table and then like a uh, port and it was all made out of foam. It was really well painted, and it just looked fantastic. Dude, I definitely need to get in contact with this Joe dude, man. Like, he yeah. sounds like it sounds like he's like that hidden gem, like uh, like John Stanford and like John Christians <laughs> were like in Dallas, where just like show up and they're like, "What the fuck? Y'all got these incredible tables just hidden?" Like, it's just like, oh these- yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Apparently it's all done the like the foam. It's all made by the same guys that did that uh, Mount Rushmore Primarchs that was like making its rounds yes. a while back. Yes, it's it's by those guys. It's like green something terrain or something like that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm not 100. percent Those guys out of Australia, I believe. But I could be. I don't know. I, I'm not a citizen soldier, man. <laughs> not a citizen soldier. <laughs> So you did not pack up any terrain and take it with Hell you. Hell no. Would, uh, but you showed up. That's all that really matters. What armies you take with you? Uh, the only one I got, the Blood Angels. The Bloods, man. All right. So let's uh, let's break this down, man. How was your first game? What'd you do? Uh, well, I guess start with the list. Um, I had my twenty five hundred points. Was not the army that I should have had, or the army that I wanted to have, but the army that I could afford. <laughs> so it didn't really work very well. Uh, it was a Praetor. Um, it was armored breakthrough list for Blood Angels Praetor, uh, a Chaplain, uh, five man Cataphracty, and a Land Raider Phobos. Five man with multi melta or combi meltas, uh, veteran squad, uh, and then two veteran tactical squads that were ten man. Those guys are all in rhinos, and then uh, three predators with lascan sponsors as troops, a bale predator in the heavy or uh, assault cannon predator, and then uh, whirlwind scorpius, and that was only like roughly 2,000 points, so I had to borrow a Knight Acheron from Ooh. Joe. Well, a good choice of Knights, though. Knight Acheron. Yeah, he, dope. he's like, I got a Lancer or an Acheron, and I'm like, I don't know the difference between either of them. I've never played against Knights, never played with a Knight. 
I would say if you're going to go with any knight as off the cuff in 30k, the knight Akron's probably like <laughs> the choice knight to just have land in your lap. It's a uh, it's yeah, a, it's it was a good it was pretty gnarly. Yeah, I didn't get a lot of use out of it, unfortunately. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Uh, um, so the first game it was against World Eaters against uh, I think his name was Preston. Okay. And uh, he had a bunch of just like random like berserker dudes basically, and then um, a bunch of them in a Spartan. A bunch that were just on foot, and then um, a Knight Acheron he also had. But then he was also running a uh, Atropos. Okay, so yeah, and he was like, "I've never run two knights together, so I want to. It, it may be a little strong, but uh, I want to try it out." It was very strong. <laughs> it, was, it was incredibly strong. <laughs> um, what I was noticing from not just Preston, but from a lot of the other players, they were like. A lot of them had shown up with really heavy hitter lists, and all of them at the end were pretty much were like, "Oh, I came way overpowered than I should have." <laughs> they were like, "We're we're used to being abused in 40k, so we don't really understand and that we should just cut cool it with uh, all these deep weapons." Fuck, dude, for real. Just go in like jaded as fuck, just like ready to. Ready to snap yeah. at anybody that shows you a little bit of love. I get it. <laughs> yeah, Preston was cool though. He was a cool guy. He uh, like he helped me learn all the night rules and stuff because I'd never played them. And um, ended up our two Acherons ended up fist fighting each other and blowing each other up. Badass. And then it was like some mission where there was like basically a bastion with a sky shield landing pad on top of it. Okay. In the middle of the board. And there was basically like a uh, supposedly a night pilot there. And we had to like capture him or something basically. But so both your Ashrons ran up to go get him and then both just met well, each other. He, in the was middle a, or what? he was an objective. So you oh. had to have a scoring unit to grab him. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And. My all my scoring units are either in rhinos or they're tanks, and they couldn't get up onto the sky shield unless they got it out. Yep, yep. We we had that yeah, problem and, too. Yeah. Well, I've got the um, that land raider is cursed one hundred percent. Okay. In every single game I've ever played, it is, it becomes immobilized. How? Whether like, like shot, whether or? through dangerous terrain or getting shot. No and shit. And it's always like first or second turn, always. So it's rolling up in um, with five cataphracty in it. Uh, it got shot and immobilized very first turn mm. before it got to move. Oh, so fucking brutal. Yeah, the cataphracty were just hanging out inside this now armor fourteen all around bunker. Yep, with with <laughs> no, no fire imports. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I outflanked my veteran squads, all of them, because I always take sniper on them. Okay, and then I get luckily I get the melta squad of veterans. They all three combi melts, a melta gun, and then a melta pistol on the sergeant. Yep, and then also my uh, 
Praetor and Chaplain roll with them. They all uh, came in right behind that thing. Right mm-hmm. behind his attributes. And just they lit it the fuck up. up. <laughs> so wish, but they did not. They all pop out and fire on it, all their meltas and everything, and he still ends up with like two hull points left. Son of a bitch. Just die yeah. already. And by that time, he rolled up with another land raider uh, full of uh, world eaters, and they all just assaulted all of my uh, veteran squads and massacred them. Uh, as a, I, and by this time, the game was over because my tanks were just toppling down left and right. And uh, so I ended up just charging the Atropos with my... Uh, terminators out of the land raider <laughs> and oh, yeah. they got um three power fist two chain fist and i was able to bring it down finally but it uh blew up and killed all of them oh well at least they went out a fucking blaze yeah. of glory like that's exactly how you want it to go down i bet he was happy though everybody just hopes yeah, he, <laughs> he ended up winning uh best trader so we had a good time and uh, uh so after that happened, I, I basically just called the game. I threw in the towel because any uh, units they could even grab the objective anymore. Right. All and he had a spark full of uh, twenty mad gibbering, screaming world eaters that were coming my way. You said okay, <laughs> enough's enough. Yeah. <laughs> poor, poor Knight Scion that has to get like captured by these yeah. world eaters. Who knows how that's gonna end up. Uh, poorly, of course. Uh, then, then we uh, had our second game, uh-huh. and uh, that was up against Admech. Uh, I don't remember the guy's name because the game was so short. I barely talked to him because Tim over at the I Horus can talk about how fluffy he is and how much he hates the WAG players. Every single unit. And Admech is fucking whack as shit. Admech is whack as shit? Okay, okay. Uh, It was basically... This is the first time I'd ever played Admech. And uh, against Admech. And every time he he goes, okay, well, these guys are going to do this. And I go, okay, what they do? He'd tell me, and I go, fuck, really? They do that too? (laughs) So, um, it, as you can tell, it went poorly for me. Uh, I had first turn, and, and so I'm, like, deploying all my stuff. And he's like, all right, well, here's this uh, rape train full of 20 dudes with uh, haywire shots, or 20 oh, haywire shots. Okay, so he took the uh, the Skitari, like Skitari. the – yeah. Yeah, so I'm, like – like, okay, well, cool. They're only tough three. I'm going to hit them with the Acheron Flamer and Fuck just yeah. cook those guys up, Right? So I'm like, yeah, I just got to pop it open. I've got, like, 20 LAS guns on my tanks. I, we can do this. Uh, sees the initiative rule. He rolls a six. Fuck. <laughs> of course. Rolls up in his little Triaros. They all bail out. And they nuke down that uh, Knight Akron first turn. He's gone. Oh, my goodness. And then, like, I don't even know what all the robot names were. Uh, but then 
He had a um, some other ones that were kind of long range. Shot my Land Raider with five Cataphracti in it, and they got stun- er, immobilized again. So I'm guessing, was it a was it a Thanatar? Was it the big one, or was it the Castlax like medium sized robot? I think they were medium sized, and they had like some sort of like dark, dark fire cannons. That's it. That thing. Yep. So dark fire cannons will open up a Spartan or shut it down. Shut yeah. down a Spartan. Damn, well, dude. I mean, this is just a land raider. Yeah. Oh, yeah, land raider. So, yeah. Um, I changed up my list. I don't know if it was allowed for the event or not, but basically, all I really did is put my chaplain and my praetor on bikes and like mixed up some small stuff. Okay. In order to get the points to do that, it didn't help. I ended up charging a bunch of Volterax with an Archmagos with my um, Praetor, Chaplain, and all the Terminators. It, I, I died poorly. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, this guy, he just does like th- three wounds for automatically or something with some sort of like crazy axe thing at initiative one. And I was like, I don't, I don't care. I've got a blade of perdition. I'm going to eat that dude for lunch. And I do one <laughs> I do one wound on the guy, and then he saves both of the wounds that that caused. And I was like, okay, well, this is going to be bad for me. And now he's just going to beat the shit out of my Praetor. And so, yeah, I gave up on that mission. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and call this one for you. (laughs) Fuck, what what were you supposed to do with that? What was the the objective in that mission? I Honestly, I don't even remember because I not as die. soon as I lost that Akron, I was like, "Oh, okay, so this is how this is going." Uh, and well, what did happen was he popped that Akron with his like hop all his Katari guys, yeah. and then they went to go hop back inside of the uh, Triaros, which I'm like, "Okay, cool." Then my Melta squad of uh, veterans they outflanked right behind that thing, jumped out first turn as soon as they got or as soon as I got on the board and they just popped that thing open. I was like, yeah, awesome. Now I can kill all these freaking haywire guys with my whirlwind Scorpius. And I dropped the template on it and it scatters right on top of my own dukes. <laughs> that's what, that's and so I wipe out all five of my guys. and I was like, awesome. <laughs> the, the Warhammer karma. God was like, you never yeah. change your list during events. Boom, boom, boom. Like, it's like, okay, yeah. fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> like that, you know. But like we we've discussed before that the the hoplites with those little haywire guns are fucking like l- super powerful. It's a super powerful yep. unit. Like it just to be able to unload and take tear down an Acheron one turn. Like it's just it's brutal, man. It's so brutal. It's yeah, and he only had one squad, so it wasn't like he was spamming them out or anything. Yeah, he took Akron's and Voltrax, like the... Oh, no, okay, I'm thinking of it. No, yeah, Voltrax, a little beetle bug flying around, the monster creature flies around. Oh, no, 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 he didn't have those. Um, The the runny ones. The runny ones. The oh, ones that run around real fast. Vorax, Vorax. Vorax, yeah. Gotcha, okay. He had Voltrax, but he didn't... He They weren't in his list. Okay, that's cool. I was going to say, dude, that dude and did then, not fucking... Uh, and then we had lunch. What'd y'all eat for lunch? Uh, pizza. It's it's actually pretty cool because we we do the event in a uh, community center. 
So okay. we're like right there on just like on a basketball court with all these tables and we're all nerds and all the kids are coming in playing basketball in the gym and they're like, what is going on over here? No shit. <laughs> yeah. And then it's also a bunch of old people that are there so that they don't die, I guess. I'm, I'm not really sure <laughs> why they go to, I guess they go to just work out in the community center, but yeah, or rec center. And so part of that is like, they get a bunch of like just petty cash in their budget for events and the um joe the the guy that runs the event he's like friends with the guy that runs the rec center so he's like yeah just as long as we can post it on the website that it's open to the public we'll buy you guys lunch and shit so they buy us pizza that's badass hell yeah Yeah, that sounds uh yeah so we took that break, and then it was basically we were only going to get three games in. That's the only downside to doing it there is, like, we got to pack up and be out by, like, seven or so. Okay. And uh, Ben, another member of the patron, uh, he was down there. It was the first time we, we'd met in person. And he was he runs Alpha Legion but he was trying to run him as loyalist, and I said, that's some bullshit. I don't believe you. <laughs> so I I forced the guys, I forced Joe to let me to play him in the, the final game. ZM list, or ZM table. Okay. And I, I do have to say, I don't know if it's because I didn't lose that game, but it was definitely one of the most fun games I had that day. <laughs> How was your ZM but list? That, what did your ZM list look like? Uh, I made it on the fly oh. right there because I didn't even... I didn't even have one set up. Yeah. Uh, it was I got a, I got a good look at his list real quick, and uh, no. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, I didn't even know what he was bringing. I was just like, okay, well, and that's how I always typically build my list. I don't, I don't care what you're bringing. I'm gonna bring my stuff and see how well it does against you. Gotcha. Whatever you feel like. Uh, I had a contemptor with carries and the elastis. It was actually a cordis, and then I had uh, a delegatus. Oh, and I wanted to run a librarian because I never li- run librarians. <laughs> I ran a librarian, and, and um, just a ten-man tax squad with a uh, Vexilla. No, not a Vexilla. Nuncio Vox, and then a the Cataphracty squad, and then to round it all out, my. Uh, the Melta Veteran Tactical Squad again. No so I had uh, five units to so, his four. So you had a you had a Cortis mounted with the uh, carries and then a Power Fist or Power what Dreadnought Power Weapon or Dreadnought yeah. Fist, and inside that you had the Elestis Assault Cannon. Yeah, oh, that's a cool combo. It's a very yeah. cool combo. And- and I was running the ZM right of war so I could teleport the uh, Terminators in. Okay. And I took the Nuncio Vox. So I started on the board uh, just the tactical squad and the HQs, the librarian and the uh, Delegatus with the Salty Tears blade. Okay, yeah. And he had just, I think, just a... Delegatus or maybe a Praetor in 
cataphracty. He had some breachers. Uh, maybe attack squad, and then he had a contemptor. That he's rolling around with, and mm-hmm. so it's it. He started all spread out, but he had. He was since he was Alpha Legion, he was able to start with everything on the board because he infiltrated anything that he couldn't start on the board. Right. And so I had to keep the Contemptor and the uh, Terminators and the um, what you call it, the veterans off the board. So it opened with a like a quick fight in the middle with his breachers. Actually, no, it was just a tactical squad. Because creatures weren't there yet. Uh, just a tactical squad and his uh, Delegatus with my librarian and uh, Delegatus and uh, the tactical squad. And I, I stood back and let him charge into me. So I, I kept rolling up on the reactive fire and just full blasting him right there in the face with bolters. <laughs> it was not doing well for him because every time I ended up charging him, he never got the reactive fire roll off. So he's rolling six to hit me in Overwatch. That's just somehow how it works, man. Sometimes he's getting yeah. lucky with that reactive fire. Sometimes it just is your bane. Yeah, and I was running uh, Enfeeble on the Librarian. Enfeeble and Smite Biomancy, I believe. Okay, yeah. So I think that like brings him down in toughness or something. It fucks him up, yeah, for sure. I think yeah, it's minus one it was toughness. Doing, yeah, it was decent. I mean, it wasn't great, but... He, my Praetor, or my, excuse me, my Delegatus ended up getting pulped by his Power Fist. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, but it was alright because then my Librarian turned and killed him. And then, um, he, my Terminators teleported in right on top of him and hit him with a heavy flamer. And then they charged in. And basically, I wiped. Everybody except for, like, two guys, three guys in one squad of tacticals, two breachers, and the contemptor. His contemptor was still alive. So then I bring in my veterans on my side of the board. They just walk on, and my contemptor. And my contemptor, he lights up his tactical squad. Uh, but there's, like, one guy left, and he survives. He And then, uh, so, uh, I'm chasing down, <laughs> I'm using my Terminators to chase down his Breachers. I finally catch them and kill them. <laughs> and then I, uh, have, he, he's like, okay, I'm going to charge you with my Contemptor into my Melta squad. He didn't seem to realize that all <laughs> those guys had a pistol and three combi melters. He thought it was just one guy with a melter gun. He's like, I can handle one dude with a melter gun in Overwatch. I was like, okay, well, that's three combi melters, a melter gun, and a melter pistol. And then <laughs> I just watched his face go, oh, shit. <laughs> and you lit so that poor that. little guy up. Yeah. Yeah. He, he didn't make the charge. I'll just put it that way. Uh, there was no charge roll made. And so then, uh, his little tactical squad was the only guys left, and he had like three of them. They come in, shoot up the Melta squad guys. 
there's one of those guys left and I start running away from him and he has one sergeant left in that veteran tactic squad with a power dagger. Okay. And that's it. That's the only guy he's got left on the board. Nice. I dig it. Some fucking Rambo shit going on. Yeah. And I have one victory point more. It was kill points on the mission. I have one victory point more than he does. So (laughs) the only, he charges my one melty gun guy and just snicks him with that knife right in the throat. Fuck yes. And then, and then he takes off running down this hallway, and I can't catch him. And he just I, goes, because yeah. I've got my. What's that? Just hugging the corners, man. <laughs> like I get it. Like yeah. Well, it's and it's just one really long hall, hallway, but my contemptor can't fit down the hallway. It's too <laughs> small. Okay. But he can see down it. So, and my terminators—they're out of the fight. They're way too far away to catch this guy. So he goes running down this hallway, and I'm like, oh, hold on. I can shoot at him. So I run down the hallway, and I shoot. Don't get any rims, right, with these 10 assault cannon shots. But he makes three saves, and then he runs around a corner the next turn, and that ended the game. Yep. <laughs> it was a tie. He's like, you're never seeing this guy again. <laughs> Just go yeah. on. Fuck yeah, man. And it, it, it was very... Dude just hauling ass out of there with his fucking power yeah. dagger like a boss. Yeah, just run, <laughs> run away. That you know that guy got did exactly what he was supposed to. Oh that, yeah, that was the plan the whole time. Like he like fulfilled some grand mission to kill that melty gun guy, and then just took the fuck off. It's like mission <laughs> objective completed. So. Badass, man. So, ended up in a tie. So, it sounds like you had a day just full of, like, badass terrain, fully painted armies. Like, you had oh, yeah. custom missions. Like, what were you say? No, no. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. Do you have an idea when the next one's coming around? Uh, No. The only thing we have confirmed right now is the Miles David class. Okay, you want to touch base on that while we got you on here? I know Miles sure. definitely has a commercial at the beginning of this episode, but maybe if you oh, want yeah. to touch base on it. Um, so Miles David is coming down in uh, January. Joe, I'll say his name one more time. Joe, uh, he runs the Heresy. I guess he's the unofficial leader of it. He's uh, been a student of miles for a while now taking his skype classes i guess stuff looks fantastic his space wolves and uh also his solar ox but uh so he's been talking to him and even at the event he mentioned hey we don't have it set in stone yet but i got pretty excited when he said he might be coming down but now it's official he's coming down to do a master class that's the little legends studios master class uh in january January 21st. Uh, the price right now is 150 pounds. You need to pay 75 pounds to like reserve your slot. And uh, it's going to be like all about airbrushing, which I'm excited about because I don't even own an airbrush right now. Never had one. So it's going to be an adventure. If there was ever a reason to get an airbrush, man, it's to be taught the art of airbrushing from Mr. 
Miles, Little Legend Studios himself. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, that Leviathan he has, I just stare at it sometimes. Like, is that I just the, love it. <laughs> is that what the classic teach you how to do, is how to paint Leviathans with uh, Mona Lisa and stuff on them? Like, with <laughs> Sistine <laughs> Chapel shit it. on it? <laughs> I doubt it, but uh, anybody that can do that, I'm down to learn anything they have to say. It's <laughs> fucking perfect, dude. Fuck yes. So, what day is that going to be one more time for all the people listening? January 20th and the 21st. And Not 100%. Find these tickets? But it's that weekend. Uh, well, we have a closed group for that, uh, which is like some really long uh, NC masterclass thing. But if you get a hold of the North Car- or the Carolina Heresy group we'll on Facebook, be able to point you in that direction. Yep. So you hear that, guys? Go check out their Facebook page, Carolina Heresy. If you're interested in getting that masterclass page, do you know what town it's going to be held in? That's in Charlotte. Sorry, yeah. In Charlotte. So if you're even within a few hours of Charlotte, this is definitely going to be something to get get your hands on, get in get in there, learn from masterclass painter Mr. Miles. Like he some of the shit he just pops out is incredible. So definitely definitely a lesson you can learn from there. And then if if you can't make that, Miles does have a Patreon that he does hold classes for. He holds classes for his Patreon. If you go to patreon.com, look up Little Legend Studios, you can see his classes that he offers, the different tiers he offers. But, I mean, you can't really beat a one-on-one in person. So going to oh, that yeah. January class in Charlotte is definitely going to be a good, a good, uh, a good way to get your, get your, get you into that next level. I'm guessing it's going to be like a, a intermediate class. It would feel like so. Uh no. Oh, it's no, all beginner. It's uh, yeah. It's it, well, it's all skill levels. And and beginner is fine. I mean, if it wasn't beginner, I wouldn't be able to go. <laughs> uh, I, I've never even touched an airbrush. Uh, but yeah, it's all skill levels. Uh, pretty excited. It's going to be like I think he said it's either a contemptor, like they want to do like calf contemptor, or a uh, rhino for the class. Ooh, rhinos! I'd I'd ask for rhino. Like that's like. As many know, fucking rhino chassis as I paint. <laughs> I kind of want to do Contemptor, man. Yeah, you're true. True. That, I mean, I think of like, because if you paint a, a rhino, then you know how to paint a rhino. You know how to t- paint a predator. You know how to paint a, a scorpius. You know how to paint. I mean, the list true. goes on and on of things you are now capable of painting. If you paint a Contemptor, it's like, I know how to paint a Contemptor. Well, I'm using the opportunity to do. Uh, and a, a, a contemptor. And maybe a daredevil. <laughs> True. Fair enough. Well, I'm using this as an opportunity to get rid of these uh, these terrible blood angels that, although I love them, the army is uh, garbage that I have. And I'm going to start up a Death Guard army of just, like, straight walkers just walking across the battlefield with their swamp gas breathers and just shooting everything in front of them. Fuck yes, absolutely. I 100% condone that army. Yeah, and, and there's not even going to be a single rhino in the in the army. So, so yeah. So pray for contemptor for the Miles class. <laughs> mm-hmm. So rock and roll, dude. Uh, so that sounds good, man. Sounds like y'all got a pretty strong little group going down there with the Carolina Heresy guys. If uh, 
if you guys are out there and you want to look into this awesome, awesome like gaming group, Facebook Carolina Heresy is just going to be the simple like Facebook group that there is. It looks like it's pretty active. Looks like you always got people posting in there, and so uh, go check that out if you're even anywhere near that area of the North or South Carolina. They accept both, or yeah. I guess if you're anywhere even close to that. Uh, so, but rock on, man! I appreciate you coming on and telling us about your about the event you went to and uh, also future events coming up. Yeah, it's fine. It's fun. But uh. Guess we'll go ahead and close out this episode, guys, and uh, appreciate you listening. Yeah. Y'all have a good one.